So, back back to the two forties, two blunts and a forty video here. So this was before you really filmed your first official part. This was more like just homies. kind of somebody had a camera and just kind of like us riding and just filming whatever we did. Like not so much like planning out stuff because now I fully like plan out what I want to do. It's like very thought out. This was just riding and whatever you filmed. Right, whatever you can get. Which actually, he hit me up like maybe a year ago. He found all of his old tapes. It was like a handful of sessions after like this section was put together. It was like made for the video. So I think he like you know I'm going to jail and like shit happens, life happens. But it was like my favorite handout. It's like now been torn out. We had a session. I did like eight or nine tricks down the rail. It's like all the footage from that and like a few other things that I would like to get just to see twenty years later. Yeah. And then I just kind of neglected ever getting back to him and getting the tape. So is is he out now? Yeah. I mean, it was like he only went for like a short amount of time, but I think like had to start working and just like life shit after that. Mm-hmm. And like wasn't really riding anymore. Then his bike got left to us and got parted out and just we were kind of like hyenas back then. Yeah. Somebody wasn't riding like their bike was going to somebody else and the pieces were coming off of it. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the crazy part about what about how old this edit is to me is like you were able to get on high rails. Like even like this rail, like you had no problem getting up on it. Yeah, that was definitely a regular headset American bottom bracket frame. I don't think Euro integrated the thing yet when we filmed this. I think it was like coming. Yeah. Oh, like forty-eight spoke wheels. Like an 11 tooth driver, maybe on my wheel. I don't think a 9 tooth existed yet. Yeah, it was a heavy ass bike. Which actually, like, it's not the same one I'm riding, it's a replica in my basement right now. I'm rebuilding that bike. Oh, yeah. Sick. 180 onto a rail? Like, that was a, a big pro move, like, not that long ago when this came out, you know? Like, me and all my friends, was, like, the Matt Skaggs part in this video is insane, all of, like, the tech shit. We would just watch videos and assume that's the way people rode. Like, they just did all that stuff first try. Mm-hmm. I you didn't really see pros. Like, we didn't have cars. We poor, couldn't really go to the flow in Columbus, except, like, maybe here or there in the winter. So I just kind of thought it was normal to do all those tricks every time you rode and be dialed at it. It wasn't until I got a lot older that I realized, like, it takes time to do stuff. And this was all in Ohio? I think we did a trip to Louisville, Kentucky to ride the skate park. But yeah, it's all Ohio. Like maybe a half an hour range from my house. Mm-hmm. Dayton, Columbus, Springfield, and all the little small towns around me. Like that ledge has been in a bunch of video parts I've had over the years. Like Courthouse in Dayton. Yeah. I noticed you kind of like keep one-upping yourself in each section. Like you'll go back to the same spot and be like, oh, a whole new combo you didn't even fathom. Or I didn't fathom the first time I saw the older older edit. Yeah, that rail was like almost a foot over my bars switch, and it's like it's like four minutes in the warehouse, like where Animal is now, which is kind of funny. The rail's still there. Wow. Huh. And what size top tube were you running back then? I had a S and M call girl, so it would have been what twenty and a quarter, I think. Damn, that's sick. But I was short. I was like a small kid. Like I mean, even now, like I'm not. I could probably ride a 20 now if I wanted to. I ride a 21 because it feels better. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like 
just a wiry, skinny little kid. So like, and plus back then bikes came 20, 20 and a half, 21. If yeah. you didn't have much of a range of top two sizes, so you just kind of like whatever was around. I do remember that bike had a short rear end. I went from a McNeil Rubin and got that frame in the back, and it was like a half length or a full length shorter, and I could instantly do good hot threes. <laughs> being a big deal back then, is the rear end being a little bit smaller. I think it was only probably like 13, 7, 5, like what eventually became a normal back end length, but the Rubin was like probably 14 and a quarter. I remember right. being like quite a bit shorter rear end and just helped me be able to like whip the bike around. Yeah. Thirteen. I remember, yeah, it went from fourteen seven five to fourteen two five to thirteen seven five to thirteen two five. Now we're in the twelves, but I, I dare not. What's funny, like when I finished the first S and M video, I was riding a Raider with the back end like stretched out. It was like almost fourteen inch chainstay. Put together one in Grimm's crazy horse frames, which is like an inch shorter rear end, and fell in love with it. <laughs> Like now, like the bike I finished that part with versus like the bike I instantly started riding for the new part. Yeah, it's completely different. Wow, it's steeper head too, way shorter end. Because I was like very adamant for the really longer end, way past when bikes went shorter. Mm-hmm. Like the scavenger friends always rode like, the long back blocker friend. It was like fourteen, I think it was. So you were oh. low. You were slow to catch on to the short rear. Well, I had like an autopilot at some point. Like at the time, that was a shorter back end, but I didn't like it. Like switch rollbacks felt weird on it. Mm-hmm. I felt like doing 360 stuff felt better the longer back end. Like a little bit of leverage seemed to like help on hops. Yeah. But more like, fuck, I want to make my life easy. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. All right, I'm going to pull up the seasons one here. This is a, a split section, right? Yeah. <clears throat> And who who owned Seasoned? It was Casey Longshore was the dude who started it. I think like Gremlin was like kind of helping him a little bit. Then he ended up, I think, getting into debt and sold the company to Proper. They ran it as a parts company for a few years, and I don't think it exists at all now. Wow. Vimeo doing me dirty here. You see it skipping? Yeah, Vimeo fucking sucks. I remember. <laughs> That was the best shit. You had like the best quality. They didn't care about music rights, and then they had that big purge where they kicked off everything. Yo, it's for now, real. And now the search feature is garbage. I could even search for my own stuff, and it won't pop up. Like you can just type in a name, and it will not come up. It is the fucking worst interface. It's insane because I all the yeah shit. I was on on Vimeo with the yeah shit from the when vimeo first started because i was like oh custom thumbnails you couldn't do that on youtube so i did that on vimeo i think vimeo had longer run times too youtube used to be i think 15 minutes max vimeo had a limited time yeah and then i got three music strikes and they nuked my whole account which boggles my mind especially doing this deep dive for your stuff because you have so many fucking video parts on your account and so i've learned this over the years like youtube used to be worse with it like you could upload a video and if it whatever went up like it wasn't an algorithm yet the music mm-hmm. could just fine then they had a, a big point where they would purge everything they would go back and remove stuff if somehow the algorithm caught it or you'd upload something new and it would just get flagged instantly then at some point img and a few other agencies realized that we can make money off of this they just tag the artist of the song in the description any ad money goes to the artist so you can kind of use whatever you want Vimeo used to not care, then all of a sudden they just started purging stuff. Yeah. Like it's 
I think like Deadline is on YouTube a handful of times. Sometimes there's a music, sometimes not. It all just depends on when it was uploaded. Like it doesn't really make any sense. But I think now like it's pretty much a free for all. But if like maybe three, four, five years ago, you would upload something and they would nuke the music instantly. Yeah. And then Vimeo, at one point, you could have like unlimited amount of videos, like data, and then it switched to just five gig worth of stuff. So now a lot of people's accounts from like back in the day have way over five gig, and they we're supposed to delete all of it, and I haven't. Because when I go into my account, it says I'm like 100 gig over the allotted limit or something, and I can't overload anything new. But everything is still there. Wow. Still, like private on my Vimeo, like a bunch of like movies and TV shows that. Fully copyrighted material and probably should get scrubbed, but it's just living. What the fuck, Vimeo? <laughs> but a bunch of people had their stuff deleted. Like, I remember, like, Zach saying a lot of his stuff just got deleted. Yeah. Just carpet bombing. Which it sucks from, like, the like 2010s, Vimeo was the king. So there was a lot of stuff that was on Vimeo and it's just gone from the internet now. Yeah. Yeah, because we all, we all were like, oh, the quality's better, you know. There was every reason to use Vimeo back then. It's like, look at all that stuff that was on the come up that now that the archive is gone, it's all gone. And now with the YBMX site gone, that was 20-something years of content interviews. Like, Which at least, like, if it's a YouTube link, that probably exists somewhere. But, fuck, it's hard to even search for that stuff. Yeah. Like Vimeo, except what was just embedded on a site. So there's probably stuff living on Vimeo that was embedded to the come up with a ride, but unless you have that direct link, you can't get to it. Like it's not gonna help on such feature. Right. Which that's one more proponent for D V D or hard copy is even these platforms can just come and go and all that shit's lost. Yep. And it's like we didn't know back then we didn't know YouTube was gonna stick around for so long. We didn't know YouTube was gonna be a staple back then, you know, so it wasn't like, Oh yeah, definitely do YouTube. I remember using Google Video at first. I think that came before YouTube. Yep. And then YouTube bought it, and I think I looked up, it was like 2007. And then everything on there eventually just got deleted. Or, like, it didn't get absorbed into YouTube like it probably should have, but just unless you deleted it from your from the server, it was gone. Right, because there was a couple bike videos that got uploaded to Google Video that kind of like proliferated or whatever. Some props. <laughs> I think maybe uh, the one Garrett Reynolds bio might have random shit yeah because that was that weird time period when like youtube wasn't quite what it is now vimeo was kind of forming but wasn't good yet you had google video kind of existed like myspace had a video uploader for a minute yeah holy fuck i forgot about that too yeah every everything was just spread out and then before that like because of like bud the fact was vmx he had his own server so he would edit videos and it would be a quick time file on the site which site was this? PerspectivesBMX.com. Right, yeah. It was yeah. Hit, It was Video. them, Def Grip, and maybe somebody else where it was like straight they up had the raw Wars. file. Uh, I think Budget had like SD Riders or something in San Diego. It was the same. Like only a handful of dudes that had servers where they could have direct files. But Bud was the one of like the very early on had a server knew about computers on how to upload the QuickTime file. So you could just like download the QuickTime player, download the file, and, and watch it. Yeah, and it took forever to load, but when it did play, it was like so crispy and clear, like exactly how you wanted it instead of like yeah, three. Same file. 
desktop. It might be half a gig file, but it take three days to download. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've like back on web archive trying to find all that stuff recently, and just so many dead links. It's insane. It's so hard to like dig through old stuff when everything's just broken apart like that. Well, I mean, I guess no one expected that to happen, which maybe we should have. Yeah. And fuck, when MySpace, because we thought that was the best thing ever and last forever, then what, within a year, it was dead, Facebook took over? Right. Like, that's a scary thing now, like, Instagram, when is it going to die? It's been around over 10 years. What's the life cycle of this? Yeah, yeah. I I make sure to back up everything I have on my phone, like, just on my computer. So, like the Instagram feed is just a highlight reel. I know I have everything backed up. I, it would take me forever to, to pick through it all to find the Instagram post, but I have it, <laughs> you know, you got to keep backups. You got to back up your shit. People. I've got shoe boxes full of mini DV tapes on my closet. I've got a stack of hard drives in front of this computer or everything backed up in two places. Hell yeah. And if I any- learned that, would you say you learned that the hard way? When I was like halfway through making hard times, the external hard drive crashed. So I had to recapture like a hundred tapes or something. And then ever since that day, I've had two external drives. Everything's like, backed up in two places. So that way, if one hard drive dies, I at least have it. Wow. It's nice. like SD, all the tapes as your backup. So you can like sit down and waste your life away recapturing tapes, but at least you have it. Yeah. So You've got to have it in multiple places. Yeah. So this uh, this season bikes video, I'm gonna pull it back up here. This so this is like kind of like your first like real A to DVD was sold as like a, a real video. All right. I don't know why Skype's making me give you hearts. I don't know what the fuck that was about. All right. Wedge 540 is still hard in my book. Ice, rail ice. Pegs that hub wedge two minutes away from where animals located right now. <laughs> the glitch right there, right as you hop over, so perfectly timed. <laughs> Obviously yep. unintentional. I think that was my first switch over going down the rail. Were you practicing this stuff on like little flat rails first? There was like a our local park has like a just a little flat bar that I would ride, but I mean that's nothing to a real rail. Back yeah. then you kind of sent it. Yeah, a, a, a foot tall rails. Uh, as much practice as you can get on one of those, it still like takes a whole different set of commitment when you're going downstairs. This was back in an era when you didn't have plazas, which I think like 2004 when the DC plaza opened, and that was the first street plaza, which probably like that was in Dayton. Mm-hmm. And before that, you didn't have rails downstairs to go like practice at the skate park. So all this stuff, I just kind of learned on a small rail. So you were crooking down rails from the jump. Yeah. It was like a point in time where like I was way more confident in the XF grind. That was my go-to rail trick. It would be like, if I Hopkins was going to do it, I would just commit every time for it. Crook wasn't that way. Then at some point, the crook just kind of took over as the go-to trick. 
the crook became the go-to. Like that was the one handrail trick that I kind of knew. Like, okay, I'm probably going to be able to do this. At least get to the bottom and be able to step off. Like that was what I felt the most like comfortable in. Wow, that's insane. Started out, and then went to the crook. What? What is the trick to crooks? Is there like anything specific? I remember reading like an old thing that Elf had in Ride about like leaning back like a feeble helps. I've like tried to teach people that trick. I feel like either you can just do it or you can't. Like I definitely lean back and prefer to be over the back peg and just like steer it that way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Definitely like you don't want to come in an angle. You want to go in parallel. It's kind of one of those things I feel like you either can do or you can't. Yeah. And I I personally cannot do it one lick. (laughs) Front foot. It's like a weird balance. You're like over top of the bike but you're sideways. I don't know. It's like a weird thing to try to explain. Yeah, I have I have some notes here. I might wait until the next the next crook comes up before I mention it here. Going for broke. Yeah, that was a Perspectives BMX video. Bud made that one. Perspectives BMX. Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't shook. No. no. Why did I think that was shook. Perspectives BMX. Not shook. Not Chad. Bud made the season video of this. He was the one who edited the first Daily Grind video. Now I think he just works as like a filmer making you know, like documentaries and just doing whatever like video work like as a camera operator. Oh, really? I haven't talked to him in a long time. I think he like actually made a career out of like video work, which is awesome. Good for him, man. Like the nicest dude. Oh. Young Ryan. I think I would have been like playing 19. 20 what? I would have been like playing 19 in this video, I think. 2019? I would have been 19. Oh, you would have been 19. Okay, gotcha. All right. Did you ever run breaks when you were a kid? Like, my first good bike was a horror shredder it had brakes i think i got the bike in like september brakes were off by november damn that's crazy it it didn't work and the bike was really heavy and i knew that would save some weight on it yeah especially back then watching like you know gons and rat boy and then you know edwin all those who's being brakeless just kind of was the way to go Mm mm-hmm and I would trash my bike really quick, too, so the wheels are never straight. Same story everybody has. Wheels are never straight. You can never get the brakes to work. Especially when you're doing street stuff. and You know, you're hammering your wheels. Like, you're already doing hard threes out of grinds. You're doing overpegs downstairs. Like, this is gnarly stuff. I think I had been riding for probably three or four years before we even got a skate park. Like, I had double-pegged a handrail before I'd ever double-pegged a quarter pipe. Wow. So, parts, yo, I want to mention this clip. This uh, bunny hop from grass is low-key the most street thing ever. I, I had already did the right side crook down, and I thought it would be fun to do it left side and just kind of like it would. No, I think it's like gravel or grass, like hopping out of it is the funniest shit ever. Yeah. I think it's like a downhill run-up out of grass, too. Yeah. Like, who's bunny hopping off a of grass to a crook? Like, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Yeah, I, don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Even still now, like, I think it's funny. 
like landing in gravel was like the scariest thing you could possibly do. So I'm like, anytime I can find a spot, it's like that. Like it sucks to do it. Once you've done it, it's cool to know like you've made the broad and gravel or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. This video was when I first started to like travel a little bit to ride. Like that was around, it was in Michigan. We did a trip to New York, New Jersey, going to Cincinnati. The Smith or Smith, was that the first one? It was like a, Adam did a come up interview back when it was like a blog spot and said it was. I hadn't seen anyone do it before that. So probably some ramp rider did it on a spine or something in the 90s. Yeah. I think everyone like the streets. Yeah, I think so. I remember reading that come up interview. And I think that's why I have that in my head as the first one. I think that same session I did like the Smith over people on that rail too. I'm looking at, I have two different places I can look at this shit at. Oh my god. The Brooklyn Banks, okay, you crooked it and you accepted it. God damn. I mean, I, especially if you travel from Ohio, you're like, alright, we're here, time to get down, like, we've been waiting to do this. Like, back then, it, like, wasn't as planned out. We literally just went to ride and something looked like fun or like, oh, this would be cool to do, we just kind of did it. It didn't even really like know the impact of if anything was or like what it was even going for. All right. Like now, yeah. like if I'm filming for a real video, like I know what I want. It's like very thought out. Back then, it was literally just being kind of a fearless kid and you just bounce back mm-hmm. and just kind of like, oh, this would be cool to do. Let's go do this. Or you just roll up to a spot and start riding it and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And I paused it for this clip because. I, I personally ride like I'm made out of glass for multiple reasons. I, my body's shit and I'm, I'm a big pussy. But like whenever I do try stuff, I'm only trying it because I think I'll get it first try. This this was worst case scenario for a grind so, hop out. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a car. Like, I had, like, a spotter, and I saw a car come up around the drive, and I looked away for a second, and that's what happened. Really? Like, the staircase is steeper than the rail is, so, like, you can't jump out and ride out. Like, you pretty much just have to go over. Right, right. You have to kind of get out of that situation. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm fine. I'm thinking, like, oh, this sucks. But I was tumbling and getting out of stuff. That's a husky maneuver. It's all commitment, you know? Great setup. Yeah. I was asking for it, for sure. Honey, like, we looked at it. We looked at it a handful of times over the years, but Zach and I just drove past it maybe, like, a month ago and looked at it. It was like, you could definitely do more stuff there, but why? <laughs> I, ice, ice pop out 180 over, you know? Completely he put your thinking, life on the line. 180 over. My roommate tried to overgrind it like a few years after that, and what pay came off was right in that little bush, and there was like a bird's nest in there. Mm. They like try to rescue the bird, and he just stopped trying to ride it. Jeez, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah, rail's still there. It's like not even stem high; it's super low at the top. Damn. But it's like a a twenty degree grade downhill run up right into it. So just like everything here, it sucks. Wow. 
And uh, so next up is 240s and a blunt later. So this is like a sequel to the original? So it started out like just like, like two Dr. Peppers and a, a Star Crunch. It's weird like that was that phrase, like two something and one of something else. And <laughs> it's like I always saying, like two Dr. Peppers and a Star Crunch or whatever. Like, yeah. And then like, it kept evolving and evolving. And that's where that name came from. And then this was like I had gotten my first camera, like a little Panasonic three chip, something or other, like GS three fifty or I don't know. Someone who remembers those cameras back then, I don't know what I'm talking about. I got that and a baby death lens for Christmas in I think two thousand five or six. Wow. This was a video that I made, the first like full length that I made. So and, you... like the rest sections are on my Vimeo. I like I never sold it, but I definitely burned a bunch of DVDs for all my friends. So this is your first, the first foray into editing your own stuff. We had like once YouTube was going like, we made a handful of stuff. Mm -hmm. The first like full length, we split, put any amount of time into it. There were sections of everyone I rode with. It's definitely a lot easier just to go out and like film yourself and make a one-off part, but to film six or seven people to make a full video is like definitely a lot harder. But this was the first one that I made. Then, like, I think, like, halfway through it, I got my first VX. Oh, shit. Yeah, because, like, three-chip cameras were, like, HD back in the day. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, that shit. was, like, whenever you had, like, the Optura camera was, like, a good one-chip camera, the one that people had. Then it was either, like, a TRV or a GL or a VX. Then Panasonic put out their three-chip series that were, like, like 400 bucks. Was like the good one. They might have like a little bit more expensive version. They had like a couple manual settings. You could put a baby death lens on the front of it. Looked pretty good. Remember, I broke it a couple times, then I got a deal on the VX. Damn, gotcha. So I'm gonna pull this guy up here. Two forties and a blunt later. And uh, was this like just handed to whoever's there kind of thing? Yeah, like I didn't even really know how to film yet. Like, I think I had had the camera for probably a year or two before I started filming for this. Like, I used it, just made whatever random web shit, and then broke it, and I got it fixed. And I was like, yeah, I want to, like, actually make a full video. That's definitely when I was, like, learning how to set up a camera, how to kind of edit. Oh, yeah, the whole white balance thing. Every, every session, you bring the white card, and you pop it in front. This was like kind of the start of that. Wow. And like how to kind of film long lens. Before that, it was always just push shot, pass the camera around, just aim it, you're going to get it. Yeah. My uh, my buddy Rafa used to just say, point it at the sprocket and you'll be good. <laughs> point up. Huh? You just get low and point the camera up. Yeah. And this song uh, rings brings back some memories this i feel like i can remember exactly what year this came out the sounds right yeah that and like fucking v-neck t-shirts and the white belt very <laughs> 2007 8 oh yeah but the moves the moves were advanced even for the time like after force went off i never once felt bored watching any of these edits because it was like like, I can't do half of this shit still, you know what I mean? Like, fuck. 
And then like that's when I started to realize like, okay, if I've done this trick, let me film something else. Like if you're making a video part, it's like you can't do all the same shit. Like you've gotta have it mixed up, have it be a variety. I think this was like the start of that, of like curating what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. More more trick variety, all that shit. Yeah, and then knowing like I don't want to just ride a bunch of plain handrails and do double pegs. I want them to each be a different trick or like have a purpose. Right. Like starting to like take notice of setups, and, like Which, think about what's the proper way to ride them. That crank arm though. That crank arm though. Is that the first crank arm ever? No, no, no I can't say that. Zelensky was doing them. People doing it for years before this. You know, Troy Merkel did a bunch of them in like the season video. So this was just your first crank arm. I probably the first one I filmed on a real rail, maybe. Okay. Because I was really like blown away. I was like, "Oh fuck!" So this that crook one eighty, I did crook hard down that rail that session and just fucked up the rollback. Really? Which I'm like still bummed to this day that I didn't just try to get pull it. So I've like done the trick at like skate park shit like back then, but not and back then I thought you had to do it on a real rail. Like it didn't count unless it was on a real rail. You're not just gonna film it at the skate park. You didn't have Instagram. You barely had youtube you like filmed for real yeah <laughs> it's like i've still never done on a real handrail like i got backwards started to roll out and just fucked up turning around have you so you never uh filmed a crook hard since I've, I've never i've done them at skate parks i've never filmed one wow but i'd want to do it on like a real handrail. i thought like back then do shit on something real even if it's like a little baby rail you do it in the streets it for real mm-hmm. now like, it had been like a jam or something at the cellar where like one got filmed in like five or six maybe. It was like a long time ago. Right. But and I think back then it like probably just got overlooked. I think like I remember seeing a sort of loan maybe. It was like a clip of like on the internet like Jersey doing one, like doing it, landing backwards, screen went black. Did ever showed him rolling out, so I don't know if he ever pulled it or not. And like seeing that and then like learning it. And then it just kinda of sat dormant for years before like Corey Rogowski started doing it and other people doing it. Wow. I, like, wanted to do on a real rail, and, like, you didn't just film your random skate park tricks back then. You kind of just did them and then tried to film for real. Right. And this next clip really threw me for a loop, too, because it was a bar to feeble to hard one, and it was like, I don't know if I've ever seen you bar into a grind other than this clip. So it's funny. That's not even the direction I bar spin now. I bar spin the other way. Are you serious? I learned them the wrong way, and that was the way I did bar spins for like the first ten years I rode, and I learned them the other way. Wow! So now, does that way feel awkward? No, weirdly, like I'd rather bar spin into a grind that way and then out the other way. Like every once in a while, I'm like feeling I'll do bar in, bar out on like a flat ledge or something. But every kid is so good at that trick, I'm not gonna do it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I like, guess I would be hyped to bar spin the ice like a little baby handrail. But every kid now is doing like a 15 stair, so what's the point? <laughs> I still don't it. Like, yeah, it'd be cool for me to do, but like, I, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, there was a point where I was like pretty consistent at Bar to Feeble. But that was 15 years ago. Yeah, I, uh, I have some notes here for this section. Is that. There was more bar spins. It was seeming like the, the confidence meter on the bar spins was going up. 
which even like spinning that direction the whole time I ever barred that way, I like never really felt safe doing them. It was always just kind of like a huck and hope for the best. Wow, right. Now doing them the other way, like I'm fully confident I'm going to land anyone I throw. Really? Wow. I'm, I learned them the quote unquote correct way, but I'm still, every time I throw it, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, like there was a, 180 bar hard way bar like spinning the wrong direction the barkman should go yeah yeah hard bar over crook right yeah over x up crook is that what that was x crook which that was first try i think the over crook was first try the x crook was first try oh man I was being hacked on the tire on the rail, off the ledge. Is that Predator? Yeah. Crook through the kink. Nice threes. Yeah, back then, that's what you did. You threw big sets. <laughs> Very much of that time period, you find the biggest set you can and go through it. Yeah, and, and not everybody looked good doing them. Let's just say that. So I, I do want to th give you some props there because it was a nice, clean, big three. You know what I mean? I had two flat tires when I landed. Really? There's like, there like a bunch of glass and shit down there. I think I actually took off with a flat tire. <laughs> I was going flat. I'm pretty sure I landed on glass with a flat tire. Damn. Projects in Dayton. Went to do it a different time, and the SWAT team was like raiding one of the houses there. I had to come back. He's <laughs> rolling dice at the bottom. Oh, man. Some, like, shitty, grimy spot by UD. I think it's all been torn down now. That's interesting. Someone someone gambling at this spot, because it's almost like I would want to get in on the clip I'm filming and bet them that I'll f get the clip and see if I can, you know, get a little bit of a bonus on top, you know? <laughs> um. So this mother edit, is this uh, was this another self-initiated project? Well, I was going to make a falling video with like the dudes I was riding with. Like my whole plan was to like I kind of knew like style of music, whatever, like what I wanted to do, and was riding and filming, and it kind of everything else kind of like fell off, and it never really came together. But I think this was like a year and a half or something, like saving the best footage. Hmm. Back then, you people made a lot of web videos, like all that shit's like off of. YouTube now, but I made a ton of stuff too. Like, I went out on session and like the best trick I would say for this, and then the other stuff that's like this is good but not the best thing would just get dumped out. Mm -hmm. Like the start of like like so it's like a video part because I put time and care into it, not just let me go out for three months, film what I can. This was like trying to be selective on what I was using. Wow, it was like a little bit more than just like a web whatever, but it's definitely it wasn't a full link because there wasn't other parts, but. That was the plan, at least. Right, right. You had the optimism and the idea to do it, you know. I've always just liked saving stuff. I think a group of clips is better than just one single clip. Yeah. It's like exactly work out and, like, the way things are now and, like, how fast media moves. Right. Let me see if I can pull this a little bit closer. 13,000 plays. I remember this was embedded on the Sunday side at one point. And they're like, it's like me being like, like 22, being like really hyped on that. 
Oh my god, yeah. Like I think I looked like Jim gave me a friend. The first trip like I got was at Sunday Frame from Jim. Like that was about the time this came out and like went on. Like they had it posted on the site. So so Sunday was your first hookup. Yeah, I like I had been because Sunday bikes didn't break. Like I was breaking frames every six months. Got the first Sunday. It took me years to break it. Then I like got a wave two. Had that like had some Ian frames and here or there I like crack one and warranty a couple and just like kind of stayed in contact. Mm-hmm. I think from like just having photos of some of the stuff on MySpace, like I think I like talked to Jim maybe a couple times through there and like Vinny through like, MySpace. And then when I needed a bike, I hit him. I'm like, yeah, I just did the fuck out of my frame. Like I at least just buy a frame at cost. Like you know what, what size you ride? There's one thing in the office. I'll send it to you. So that was the bike I rode through. Uh, still here. It was like the frame that Jim gave me. Wow. Yeah, that was cool. That was like the first free bike I ever got. Sick. And I remember like watching Road Full Seven, like watching Jim C do all that handrail shit. It was like one of my favorite riders back then. So it was cool to get a bike from him. Hell yeah. He was the original grind lord, you know what I mean? And just the way he like looked at spots like a little bit differently. Like I think that's kinda of where I, I probably partially got that eye from. Yeah. There's the trick and the spot together you know a trick application i guess some people will call it it's got to make sense mm-hmm. yeah because it's like if you if there's a dope ass spot with a nice pop in and you pedal right past it to go do like a flare to flat it's like oh oh there's so many times i'll like watch a video and screenshot something and send it to my friends just to like laugh at how they went over the spot <laughs> It's like, it's freestyle, do whatever you want, but I'm also free to make fun of you for it. Right. Don't value my opinion if you don't like it, whatever, but, like, I'm definitely going to make fun of you, at least, like, privately. Yeah. Like, I've definitely, like, had tricks in mind, and it's taken years to find the right spot. Right, right. That ice, ice. Just have happen to have the benches there, you know, to set it up. That took so long to do the ice ice. <laughs> really? Like way longer than I should have. Yeah, that was a spot. That metal bench was really, really good. So we'd always go there and ride it. Wow. The crook pop out bar is insane to me. I think that was the first time I did the crook to X on a somewhat real spot. Yeah. That was a fast one. That was like Ice 180. First one. Wow. I remember reading the Wiz interview and Rod, and I was like, I have to learn them. Like, even now, like, I've done them. I wouldn't say I can do them. <laughs> really? Yeah, like every kid can do that trick, so like I've never really cared. Like uh, if I could go out to a ledge and spend an hour there, I can do one. But I don't care. I'd rather do something that like other people aren't doing. It's like more fulfilling or fun to me. <laughs> That's funny you say that because Ice One Eighty became that thing for me that I could. Oh, so you always had really good ones too. I mean, like seeing you do them a lot. Thanks. It's it's weird because it's like i remember the day i learned them i was at the the franklin mills park in philly and big daddy was at the at the park the park was 
swarmed with people, but this one little flat ledge was clear. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to camp out and try this because I got nowhere else to ride anyway. And I remember like getting one and like thinking to myself, holy fucking shit, I did something the pros do and like looking around and nobody saw it. But Big Daddy was over there on top of the wedge like, yo, and I was like, fuck yeah, Big Daddy saw it. That's all that matters. But it's one of those tricks that like is hard as fuck. But for me, like, when it does happen, it's like, oh, it was that easy. It oh, was... I like to watch people just do them every try. And I'm like, running with Troy Tunney for so long, that was his go-to. He could do it Mach 50 miles an hour, land night, and roll it out. <laughs> every try, the longest one. Like, I struggle to do it. It's crazy. I mean, since I'm like, pull jam 180, I can pull jam hard consistently i the, the switch pole jam 180 that everyone can do like latin a made fun of me like i've tried this we spent like an afternoon one day trying to teach me and i, I missed the peg i like pop a millisecond too soon every try really because uh i can do the ice hard consistently on like pole jam i've i've only ever done the the uh pole jam 180 once in my life and it was like on a rail on a pole jam that was so mellow that it was like a glorified bum jump 180. You know, you just happen to hit your peg in the middle of everything happening. Because like a real one, like a think of Wiz in the two by four video, like a real solid hit to 180. Like I can't, no. Nah. Yeah, I don't know. Like like the one easy four peg trick that I should be able to do, just like the switch peg 180 full jam. Mm-hmm. But I can do it the hard way, no problem. That works. Like, I can, like, bar out of it. I can do, like, left peg switch. I can do all, like, the harder ones, I guess. But I cannot do the switch pole jam 180. Damn. That's crazy. Like, I'm, like, laughing, watching little kids having never done it, do it in front of me. And I'm, like, missing my peg every shot. <laughs> I mean, to, to, some th- to some people, some things come easier. I remember seeing, like, I was at Maple Shade Skate Park a long time ago, and I saw, like, like a 13 year old kid do a hop whip. And I was like, Oh, so it's not about muscle at all. I'm just, I just suck. <laughs> I remember when like a tail was a trick that you rode for years before you learned how to do it. Now, like that's a basic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way progression is. Mm-hmm. Now we got, uh, next up on the, on the timeline here, we got, uh, the, the ESPN edit. This was like leftover footage from still here. From what? Yeah. Um, the first A-like video is still here. Okay, still here. Okay, gotcha. Did I skip over anything, or this just came out first? Yeah, I don't I mean, still here came out first, but it's like the footage, same time period. This is just footage from that to make the DVD. Oh, okay, so this would be like leftovers in a way. Because back then, ESPN would give you a couple hundred bucks for content, so Scott cut it up, sold it to them. So, so Scott was the one that was putting the videos together for, for A-L-Y-K at the time. He made the like those first two videos still here and no days off, right. and like and then definitely like art directed him a lot, like this you know clip arrangement, the music, the all stuff like that. Who who directed him? I'm sorry, Brandon Galassi. Okay, Brandon. Okay, Brandon did all like the art direction. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And was this? Did uh, Ryan pick the song for or not Ryan? Um... Brandon picked the song for this, or did uh, this was like ESPN cleared music catalog? Oh, right. 
I think this is like the only like good song Scott found in the, whatever I don't care. Yeah. I don't even know all this until it came out. Yeah, it's interesting now because nowadays it's like, oh yeah, you can use whatever song you want because we're so big, we have clearance. It's crazy, like in skateboarding for Thrasher, like a company might a lot ten grand for music rights. Right. For a, like, imagine having ten grand for a video period and being like, yeah, in general. <laughs> yeah, for like you know everything, let alone just a track. I wanted to pause it right here for this tail up because I thought that was nutty. Like, you're known for a lot of stuff, but one thing I never expected was, like, a fast, big tail whip. There was a few years where I was really good at tail whips. I don't know, like, now I fucking suck at them and can't for shit, but, like, I was with boxes, with the wedge wedges, quarters, D-180 whip, manual, like, all the tail whip shit. Really? When I did, I learned it all, and then it's completely gone now. Like, I live vicariously through these whole videos of the tail whip stuff, because, like, just... <laughs> I whip an A-frame or a fly-out tail was a victory. Right. When back then, like, I would just do hop whips like people do hop bar spins. That's crazy. Like, so it's, it's one of those things you have to, like, keep hammering at no matter what to kind of keep it in your pocket. I think now it's a free coaster and bigger bars, too. Like, now when I do a, I try to do a hop whip, I feel like I'm pulling the bike above my head because my bars are a lot bigger. Oh. Back then, as I pull up, it stays in my waist where I want the bike to be. Right. And with a coaster, your shit moves you have to like conway stomp both feet at once i can't like catch catch i never learned how to like catch the crank arm where like you can do it safely with a coaster i learned that we land on the pedal and the free coaster has way too much play so so that so it'll just like pedal forwards a little bit when you try and get your feet on there and get away from your I, feet i kick my cranks up and just move i have to like try to land both feet just hovering over the pedals Sucks. That's why. Well, whatever. That's what I get from the free coaster is better than doing a tail whip. <laughs> Hang if on I like really one, I can do it. Just it fucking does not come easy anymore. I still that was the fake... first. Ahead, I'm sorry. That was the first X Prime Hard One Eighty I ever did. The hanger, the T Hang 180 still eludes me. I don't know how anyone does them. That's so easy. It's a nose bonk on your peg. So I started doing nose bonk 180s for that reason, trying to build up to it, and I I have yet to figure it out. The ledge at like a 45 degree angle and just twist your hips and hit the peg, and it'll swing around. It makes sense when you say it like that, you know. Like do it. It's still you barely grind it where it's low to the ground. Where you like front tire almost pivots. You can go to a curb and when it pivots to figure it out. It's the easiest thing ever. Huh. It's definitely a little bit harder on a rail, but on the corner of a ledge, it's super simple. Damn. Feeble over tooth. Feeble hard two seven. That is sick. That reminds me of Marvin Lotterly. I used to love trying to find rails like that. Yeah. Boom, there it is. Another one. In shorts, metal pedals through a sprinkler. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
the most awful way to do a tail whip. Just to love those rails so much. Rail to rail. So few and far between seeing those things. I like that. That whip where you just kept your speed. Nothing. No pedals. Nothing. I'm, I'm going. Like, that's such a nice line. I wish I could do them like that. That I think maybe a couple years after this is when I lost them. And do you think it's just like one of those things you just have to practice like crazy to keep up on? Yeah, it just it hurts when I do them. Oh, yeah. But like it, like back then, it was never any pads. I had metal pedals. Half the time, I would wear shorts and like low-cut shoes and socks. Like my, well, my ankles are so scarred. Like now, if I'm doing a whip, I'm putting shin pads on. Mm. I'm making sure my hands tight. Yeah, because you, you don't want to ruin the next three months just because you tried right. one tail whip, right? Like, now, like, I'll land one and my shin hits the top tube and it just bruises and it just sucks. Like, I get zero moment out of doing one. And then, like, it's cool just to do them every now and then. Like, my friend Samson just learned them. So I've been doing a ton lately with him. Mm. And, like, he started out most of them. Yeah, like, it's so much easier with a cassette. He put the cassette on and now, like, he realizes how much more dialed they are with a cassette. Wow, interesting. I, it's the only reason that I've even, like, do them fairly regularly now. Just because, like, it's cool to see him, like, progress and learn. So, like, it's me doing them. Yeah, that's always more fun when you have somebody to try them with, you know? He can, like, watch and see, like, what to do. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like, I don't care. Like, if I want to do one, I can do one. But it sucks, and I never want to do one. <laughs> I feel you. I, uh, I did a 180 bar once. And it was like almost first try. And my friend was right there with me. And I was like, dude, did you just see that? And he's like, nah, do it again. And I went to go do it again. And like I wrapped my thumb around the crossbar where it like bends back. I'm not trying it again after that. Like I had to just chill until I felt normal again. And then, and then I was just terrified I would fucking ruin my shit again. So it was like break your fingers like that's a given learning that stuff you're gonna break your fingers you're gonna jam your knuckles yeah something for sure um dude so when you got in when when the alyk stuff started were you still getting stuff from sunday no so i had like he gave me a bike like a frame in the middle of filming that and then once like at the premiere for that video it's like when i got on scavenger Oh, okay. Wrote that out. Because, like, to me, like, that was a natural thing. Like, I grew up watching Don't Get Your Day Job, Nowhere Past, seeing Ralph stuff in that. Mm hmm Being Day Job. And then, you know, Animal One. I remember watching Can I Eat the first time. At the flow, they had a skate shop, and Mark Corbett was Hamilton's filmer. And he, had, I think, filmed some of Hamilton's part, and he had an early copy. I think it didn't even premiere, but you couldn't get DVDs yet. And we sat in the skate shop and watched the video, and it's being blown away. Like, I don't think there's been a video, maybe Deadline, but it, like, had such a big progression from before it came out to what was in the video than that video. Right. Like, right. Like, I was already writing like that at the time anyways, but, like, that really, like, so if I, this is what I like to watch, this is what I'm into. Yeah. Like, you know, when that came out, it's like, why would I write for anything else? Like, that's where I belong. Like, that's what I've always been into. Like, this all the ignorant shit in the scavenger video was, like, that's how we lived anyways. Like, that was the, the best video. Right. And it was just a bunch of just a group of friends just riding. So like that's what you know, me bring them out. We were like we were that shit. 
Mm -hmm. And the the tunnel and the bridge frame concepts were perfect. Like what great names! It the way it worked with the with New York City, the way the frameworks were built. Like it just it all made sense too. Like it was a nice concept. I'm gonna pull up here. So here we go. He's still here. I remember when this came out. And my initial reaction to it was like, damn, that dude's like, that dude's like legit. Like the way that the song works and everything. Like, I think like me and Scott are surprised that Brandon approved of the song. Because I'm the one who like suggested the song. It was some like ELO song that was like potentially going to be my song. And then like I sent this and it passed somehow. <laughs> I think we filmed this in like maybe six months. It seems like it stutters for like the first couple seconds and then it smooths out. Which is no fault of, of your guys. It's just Vimeo sucking. I was in the window during the time of this video where like I knew my bike and what I was capable of and my body felt good. And I hadn't already done a ton of stuff. So like everything was fresh. Mm -hmm. Like you, like I think I was like twenty three for this. Mm, right, right in that nice pocket of skills, youth, ability, and just confidence. Mm -hmm. Like you're not, you're not like second guessing that you might get killed. I love this clip. I've been to that spot, and that is crazy. I tried to hop with that, and the wreck is really funny. <sighs> I think I leave at the bottom. That's is that shape school or no? No, that is Columbus. Hmm. Yeah, this was just like every weekend, either Brandon coming down to Columbus and me driving up to Cleveland and us just going out and riding stuff. Like a bunch of this is like Akron, Cleveland area. Mm -hmm. Just going up there almost every weekend. Then we did a trip to New York. I like that. The little camera click so you get the brightness up. Exposure, yeah, the midline exposure change. Yeah. Switch feed three. Rapo Remember, feed. do that just like a dodge the guy because I love dodging shit. I have gloves on in this clip. I have flesh colored mittens on because it was so hot that night. I couldn't hold the grips. <laughs> This spot, it's like we've only seen that. Like Hamilton and Eli Platt used to ride it a lot. It's in like a lot of their old video parts. Yeah. Bummed I landed in the grass. I would have not done that. <laughs> I hate seeing all the two piece bar footage. You hate seeing what? The two piece bar footage. Oh. <laughs> That's how you know it's long ago, right? At least that's a little better with the four piece. I love that. That's such a good spy use. That looks sketchy. Oh! Not sketchy. What's that? 
we got a gun pulled on us at that spot. I don't know if it was like that day, but I know we were definitely went there to ride it like another time, I think. And the property owner showed up and pulled a gun out on us. Oh my god! Which I mean, that's just normal street riding shit. Yeah. Sheesh. So I have this theory about crooked grinds. In and out, in and out, over. Oh. Scott got my car towed and we were filming that. Ooh. When you... Mm. There's just so much to talk about here. Let me pause it for a split second. You run this back real fast. When you ice, when you decide you're going to ice a rail like this, the idea of nutting yourself is, is in, is in. Is My tailbone. In you broke your tailbone? I, yeah, I'm for sure I fractured my tailbone on that. Like I couldn't sit without pain for like three or four months. Yeah. I'm now kinks that short, no good for an ice pick. Had that been a bigger rail, you can like balance it and set it down. As soon as the back thing hit, I'm going into that kink. Right. I've now learned that horrible idea. But back then, that was a rail I liked to ride. And we were there, and like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. I had already crooked it and except grinded it. So, I, so it was the same day you just pushed through the pain and, and got it. Yeah, and then it, I think I even like went up it after I fell. Like, I think I did the ice pick first. And you ended up getting it perfectly, which is crazy because it's like that's not an e that doesn't look like an easy rail to ice pick. No, this what was nearby. Yeah, like now I can afford to just kind of travel to stuff. Back then, you had to just make stuff work. Right. Just, like close enough, I was gonna try to deal with it. Gap to crook. Like this, like the gap to crook and all this stuff was the same day. I think it was like 28 degrees or something. It was like freezing cold just after Thanksgiving. Wow. We drove down there just to get those tricks. I love that that clip. Everything about that. And I like this one too because you kind of hop into the crook. So the kink just spit me. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, this thing. Hell yeah. So the night before I did that, I like took the train out to Connecticut to hang out with this girl and then missed the train back in the morning. So we just hung out at our house all day and like smoked weed and watched Pineapple Express. Caught the next train, got back to the apartment at like probably four or five in the afternoon or some shit. Like totally like not planning on riding or like no one expecting me to ride. Grabbed my bike and just pedaled down there and look at the rail, then within twenty minutes I did it. Wow. It's like, I think I looked at it like one of the nights that trip and like me, like I kind of probably wanted to do it and then just straight off the train. First bunny out was probably double pegging the rail. And then just... <laughs> Sometimes being hung over is all right, you know? Really good at like no warm up, just going to the spot and just jumping to whatever it was. I mean, at least you're not in your head then. You know what I mean? Like, if you're showing up that way, you're not like, 
oh fuck I've been worried about this I've been sweating this for too long and kind of fuck up overthinking it like now I do that but definitely like back then I could just I can like I want to go do this crook or whatever go to the spot no warm up no stretch just first bunny hop is on the rail now how I mean, even now, I'm gonna do something like I know I can do it mm-hmm. so I don't really need to warm up I'm now, gonna like bitch for an hour I'm gonna bitch run it warmed up or not right how do you feel about uh having four pegs and trying a move like that like whatever you land into you can kind of say fuck yeah i i think definitely with like tire ride feeble stuff you got a safety zone if you can Mm -hmm. fall to or whatever and kind of like have a split second to think and get out of it yeah because i remember four pegs since i was like 14 so i don't even know what it's like to not have that peg right right because i remember when Early Eric Lichtenberger clips first post first came up. I forget what video it was, but he did like a rail ride up or down a rail pegless, and I was just like, "Fuck!" Yeah, that's so crazy to do with no pegs. If you fall, which I mean, like with pegs, if you fall, you're falling, but fuck, you don't even have the thought in your head of a safety zone. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty much going collarbone to rail. Yeah, you can't even like feel it out with a double peg just to like feel the run of what the bunny hops like. You just have to. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, was was uh, still here nominated for anything for Nora or yeah. anything like that? Nominated for the year. It was so nominated. I guess like it was at the the Nora Cup. Like I watched the video online. Like I had friends who went. They just showed like the last thirty seconds of my part. Usually, like they chop up the whole video and like make a little like you know thirty second video of each section. Mm-hmm. It was just thirty seconds of that part. Hmm. That was like, pretty cool. Hell yeah! And that was the last section of the video, wasn't it too? Like friends that had no idea that like that video had even happened, and then like that popped up on the screen, so it was pretty cool. Damn, what did it feel like to have like the ender section? Did it feel like pretty cool? Like, hey, I'm kind of I'm kind of decent at this, you know? Yeah, I don't, at, at the time I didn't even like really even thinking about it. Like we just I wanted to ride one of the film, and it just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. They said like that in like six months. I think everyone else had filmed for about two years. I don't even been less than six months. Just like it was like right at the last minute, jumped in, just started filming. Wasn't even planning on having a part. It was just like, hey, get a couple clips for the next section or whatever, and then snowballed into a full part and then last part. Wow, that's sick. Like I think like now I'm smart enough to know like there's certain things you can do to end the video to like to take advantage of the opportunity. Like back then I was just riding. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm definitely like aware of like what shit is, like what the tricks are, like. It was definitely kind of like a template to that stuff. Yeah. I mean, especially as, as you progress and try and put your best foot forward with everything. We in this. Is this, a, this was Team Ohio? Is that yeah, right? This was a video I made with my friends, like, it was like summer of 2011. Just like out riding, bullshitting, like. We had already started filming No Days Off. So I was like mostly going on trips to film for that. Like, that was like my main focus. But this was just like me at home with my friends like around here. <clears throat> so is this is this the first time where you get to the point where there's more than one project in the fire? Where you're like, yeah, okay. which, now I love that. And and you're like, all right, well, what do I divvy up? You're just kind of like, it would just yeah, it would depend on like who I'm with. Like if I'm just like with my friends and they're filming it, it's probably going to be filmed not the best. 
so I know what's going for. But yeah, let's say like I learn a new trick and I want to do it a bunch. I know okay, this one if you go to this video, I really want to do this one at this spot, but I already have that trick. So at least now I know this can have a home here. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I love. I love being able to like work on multiple things. It was like long term. I'm like fine putting two, three years into something, into a couple things at one time. Yeah. Just because like you're gonna like want to do something that you may already have that trick, but you still want to do it. And I'd rather it go to something real than Instagram. Yeah. Right. Because it can always go to Instagram at the end after everything's done. Yeah. And fuck. Even now, I'll go back and dig up 15 year old clips and look at the story posted. Like it's fine. Yeah. Exactly. It's. I. I. I thought about that recently, like a long time ago. Well, basically the, yeah, Instagram used to be my own personal Instagram. And eventually I broke off and, and started my own personal Instagram. But before that I had all this stuff posted on that feed that I never posted anywhere. And it's just there and that's it. And it's like, it was so long ago. I'm going to, I'm going to pull that out of the archives and bring it back. Cause that's the perfect Instagram. Like, look at it like I've been riding for over 20 years. This shit I did 10 years ago, there's been a whole new generation of kids that I ride with now that are like full fledged adults, good at riding, that just weren't riding back then. Like, they have no idea. And like, you have like, a little ego boost by digging back to it. But like, that's why you film in the first place. But I can go back to like a tarot clip or something that I did forever ago, re up it. Yeah. So now whole audience that they weren't around back then. Like, there's all the dudes who might have come up board that remember what everyone did because we lived on it. But there's yeah. a lot of kids on the BMX after that have no idea. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like you're trying to say like, oh, I remember what the I remember before there was an internet. It's just like, yo, been doing this shit this long. That's all. <laughs> I love seeing stuff from like the '90s. I'll watch like this old Hoffman videos and like a lot of those like mini rentments like from Canada, and you'll see Ian Zamira and Masato doing tricks that 25, 30 years ago that I've never seen done now. Yeah. Just goes before your time and you don't know about it. It's like it's cool to see it. Oh yeah, and and some of that stuff is like it's still crazy hard, especially all that Davis Auto shit, you know. Cliff and and uh, Mad Matt when Mion's riding a mini ramp, it's like one eighty tooth on an extension, one eighty Smith the quarter pipe. That's a ledge trick now. Like that's a big deal when when Tymaro did one on the ledge, and to think that Miron did it on a mini ramp in like ninety five. Yeah, right. Love just seeing like all that stuff happened the first time. Maybe not even the first time, but like 20 years before somebody took it to the streets now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the better, to, I mean, not everybody feels this way, but I feel like the more progressed you get at riding, the more respect you have for seeing shit. Like I remember the first time yeah. I grinded a handrail, I watched edits completely differently. I'm like, wow, that's gnarlier than I yeah. thought. Like into something and then knowing how long ago somebody did it for the first time, like you get a new appreciation for what the you get say it again something something went off you get like a new appreciation for what they did in the time period the bike they were on yo yeah yeah bmx is really bad about like like teaching people its history like skateboarding like with thrasher they'll do like the classics and like they'll teach you why this dude was a big deal that he invented this and invented that like they celebrate their history and bmx doesn't really do that much right and it's really hard to even like watch those old videos like they're just not out there like we've talked about like vimeo cutting stuff YouTube, you know, cutting music and, and pulling stuff down. So much of our history is just lost. Right. Yeah. Vimeo, YouTube mutant shit, come up going away. Vital went away. It's like... 
I saw that the other day, Vital's Dead, which I thought it was dead when it started. It never went on there, but yeah, apparently some people care. Yeah, I uh, I I never really went on there that much, but then there was like this um, giveaway. You make a video, and if it was good enough, um, they would give out a bike, a free bike. And my bike had just gotten stolen, and my roommate was a video major, so we basically did like a mockumentary of interviewing all of us about the day my bike got stolen and it ended up winning and i got the bike on christmas day i built it up and i rode down the fdr to to fucking ride i was stoked dude and immediately the first air i was like whoa something's wrong the the frame was a 19 inch (laughs) the pegs the pegs were this long but the way that they used MySpace angles when they took picture of the bike, so I thought they were legit. <laughs> so I mean, I was very happy to get something for free when I had nothing. But I was like, "Oh shit, we gotta swap some of this stuff out," you know. Um, let's get into this. Uh... Oh yeah, we got a little bit of a stutter, the Vimeo stutter here. This is an Ohio local. Yeah, I think like there might be some New York stuff in this, but it's mostly all Ohio. I think like me and my friend Nick did a trip to New York, so he had some footage there. And I had a couple things in New York because all the act like you know dudes would move to New York, but they're still here and they all moved to New York. So they would come back and do trips to Ohio or out throughout there a lot. So I would you know if I somebody to drive out with me, I would bring somebody with me. And this one, uh, you you put together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, this would be like what the second full length I made. So and once again, I made it. There were a couple some DVDs for all the friends, and then it went on the internet. Well, yeah, that was a Maniapo one. I wanted to mention that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Maniapos. I think they feel better. Yeah, I think spinning towards your front foot actually is easier because your front foot creates a, a quicker twist. Yep, yep, I agree. They're fun now with the free coast. If you don't have that bitch crank pop to save you, you like have to fully muscle it so they feel awesome. Yeah, fuck a bitch crank. I remember, especially when when the whole manual 180 craze took took off, I would see so many people like bitch crank their like pivot to like pop out. Yeah, I remember seeing like the manual nowhere 180, and that was a big deal. Yeah, oh. years when like Oliver Leonard brought that trend in. Yeah, and I mean, that, it was fun just to catch a manual and do it wherever we could. Yeah, back in the day. I wanted to mention that the fakies, the fakies get cleaner and cleaner as as the, each section comes out. Like, that's definitely something I really care about now. I'll redo something if I don't like the rollback. Especially with a free coaster, I don't want to have to hop. I want the front tire to stay like as close to the ground as I can on the rollback. Mm-hmm. I really care about what a switch rollback looks like. 
Yeah. Um, like I, now everybody's so good, you've got to make your shit look good. So like now, as I keep getting older and older and doing the same shit, you like want to perfect it and have it look the best it could possibly look. Right, because like what else is there, right? Right, all those little details matter. Like you look the outfit, the spot, your bike, like the way you do something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when shit's sketchy, that's what makes it fun too. Yeah, well, that makes it good too because then you know it's hard. Like if they didn't do it perfect, yeah. Watching Van Holman do a bar spin, it's like kind of loose, but I fucking love it. Right, or like a uh, cult fake in the band video, like some shit like that. <laughs> You're like, yo, like butcher, butcher, yeah. Oh, he's died, but like he did it, and he's just gonna take it. Ever he did it, it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I uh. Okay, I got the Scavenger 2012 joint popped up here. Let me switch over to it. Um, so, who edited the Scavenger video? Or this, I think Bob did. The 2012 one? Yep, that was Bob. Okay. Yeah, and this was just, I didn't even know I was in the video. They must have hit up, because I think Brandon was working at Animal at the time. I think he like did a bunch of the graphics for this video, like the SC1TV logo. He did all that graphic design because he was a designer animal. I think they just said, hey, we're doing a video. Do you have any footage? And they just sent them all my footage. I didn't even know I was in the video. Then I think Jerry Washington like hit me up after the premiere, like drunk. He's like, yo, your part was sick. I had no idea I was even in it. And then Vinny sent me a couple of the DVDs, and it went up on Death Grip. Oh, this man. Was just, this stuff we had filmed that they sent through. Yeah, getting the Death Grip feature was like a was like a thing, you know? Because it was like only the good, cool shit would show up there. Like, only like this video kind of blew up the internet when that scavenger video came out. And then like, there was that trailer teaser for like Ed doing a line with like Uncle Murder, like soundbite over it. Yeah. And then this video came out like hitting super hard and like it was, you know, all VX kind of sketchy, like raw, all the, the funny clips. But at the time, you had all the mutiny videos that were like really high production value. You just didn't have like ignorant BMX. Mm-hmm. Like this was that was drastically different than everything else that came out at the time. Yeah, and so the the 2012 that was its own DVD, right? Yeah, it, they, I think it was like a right. premiere that on Def Grip, and then they made some DVDs, but it was like always online. It just happened to have like a DVD release as well. I don't know like how many were made or anything but so uh, what ended up uh i guess we'll get into it a little bit more with that with in the next edit here um so then the the, the next one after this was a daily grind section right yeah that was that was filmed during uh no days off as well like he had a couple video parts filmed during the time i was filming that video this was all like with all the dudes from Dayton, all filmed HD. And I was at the same time going on trips with the Act Like You Know dudes filming for that video with a VX. Right. So this is like your first HD part then? Yeah. So this is probably the first time anybody like saw wrinkles in your forehead or some shit, you know, because it's so HD. Uh, so who put the, the Daily Grind video together? But from Perspectives is the one who edited it. I mean, like Tony and Gremlin filmed it all or like passed the camera around. Mm-hmm. They gave all the footage to Bud. 
the video was originally going to be the Giant video. It was like Tony and Troy were riding for Giant, which is why Rabanin is in it. Mm. The Giant program, I guess, kind of like faded away. And Gremlin had the Daily Grind as like a blog, kind of taking over like what Perspectives was. And then he started making stuff. So there weren't, you know, steel hub guards really at the time. So that was his first product. And then just kind of like evolved from there. They ended up taking all that footage that became this. And was there also a, a Daily Grind bike shop too? Yeah, that was like an unconnected thing. We had some, what, Massachusetts, I think? Somewhere in the Northeast. It was oh. the Daily Grind. But yeah, that's unconnected to the parts company. Oh, okay. Holy shit. I thought it was all one thing. Goddamn. I'm learning something today. Daily coffee shops too across the country. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Which I don't know when he picked that name. I don't know if we, he knew about the bike shop. I didn't know the bike shop existed. Right. Yeah, I think judging by the bike, this was filmed in like five, eight or nine months. Hmm. This because like these were the dudes. Like this was all like the same people from season. And then once that ended, like I kind of had different group of friends. They were off doing their thing. We we're all like still cool, but like kind of weren't riding together and then kind of when this started we're like friends riding again a lot mm -hmm. so we were older had money like we like wanted to travel and there was only so many dudes that are like on that wavelength and kind of flock together so this was like kind of us all getting back together right Ooh. and then like you know them living a half an hour from me i would ride with them a lot normally then you know, i would go to new york once a month or something or go on a like trip like Every month or two. So right. in between that, these guys filming this. That really pop out was sick. I think a lot of this is just around Ohio. I think there's like a Michigan trip. I feel like this song kind of matches the HD footage in a way. The song was from a skate video. I don't even remember the name of the video, but it was like a Northeast Ohio local video. Hmm. It had just premiered, like, probably not even a year before this came out. I'm like, oh, that song was good. This would be cool for this. Yeah. Now, like, the song's fine. Now I don't think I'd use it, but it worked for what it was. Yeah, that's always the thing, you know, like, looking back on edits. When I look back at, like, the stuff I was wearing, that, like, Brown on Brown was a bad book. <laughs> That's crazy That's what too. That looks like now with the chrome bars and the white wall. Mm -hmm. Just how much like hasn't changed and how it looks. Did you have any uh, any say into like uh, how it was edited? Were you just just I like. Bud cut it together and then sent me like a preview and I think there were a few things like hey like cut this to where the clip starts on this beat or this lyric but it wasn't much it was little stuff like that cool. I kind of like like if I'm making a video I'm doing everything but I kind of like if someone else is making a video me just sitting out of it right. like I like right. letting them like trusting them to do their thing and me just making some suggestions here or there mm -hmm. like now I'm like really selective on who I work with and like I don't really want footage to go to random shit like, I would rather dump it to Instagram than, like, it go to a mix section of some random video. Right. Like, probably for no real reason. I'm, like, really protective of, like, where stuff goes. I feel that, though, because 
all of my footage, I've almost all of the footage I've ever had, I've edited, which it feels corny sometimes, but other times I'm like, well, at least I know it didn't end up in, like random I, in a random mix section lost forever. Yeah, you've forgotten about or like whatever. It could have been like you could have did something you wouldn't gonna wouldn't have filmed anyway, and someone just happened to have a camera out and you did like shit, and then it ends up somewhere. Yeah, like that's probably thinking way more into it than like anyone in BMX needs to. But <laughs> caring of like what I put out there. I was always a fan of of the the video part because it was always so impressionable. You know, like I remember Chris Ariaga came on one of these trips and he was like the photographer for BMX Plus and like shot a photo for it and like in it running and me being really mad that I was in that magazine. Like I like no like I don't do that again. I do not want to be in that magazine. And it's like <laughs> airing about where shit went. Wow. And just like not wanting to film the stuff that like at the time I thought was whack. But yeah, now I know I'm a little more like respectful about it, but I try to control where footage goes. Right. This crook is crazy. Cause that I was, was like third or fourth try or something. I did it real quick. So I remember just going there knowing I needed an ender and just going there to do it. And I don't even think I double take the rail first. I think I just went straight to it. Really? Uh, fuck. It went to the next video here. I wanted to pull it up because crook, crook etiquette. I find that some people don't crook like this. Some people crook with their front foot down, trapping themselves into the rail, which to me sounds like a recipe for disaster because anytime I've ever fucked around with like just putting my bike on a rail like that it looks like it's gonna lock you up but some people do that and then they're able to crook mad long because they kind of have like that you know the bowling bumper there to keep them on the rail well, i i assumed that probably at some point i rolled my ankle if i'm like very heavy on my right foot like when i ride i'm like i'm always more weight on that foot right mm. pedal will be down more than left it's definitely not on purpose like i would i'm glad that i don't lock my crank on it's something i'd ever do on purpose mm-hmm Definitely, like, we'll make jokes with people who do. But I just assume I must have fucked my ankle up somehow, and that's why I'm, like, more weight on the right. Mm. I do a right-side crook sometimes. Like, my pedal will drag. It's never on purpose. I don't, like, intentionally push it down. I try to lift it up. But I'm always just naturally more weighted on my right foot. Now, with the shorter crank arms, too, it's, like, less likely to touch. Right. I know, like, my roommate, really good at overcrooks, he does, does it with, like, front foot. He'll push his crank arm down when he kicks it over to lock him in and, like, swing over rail will hit the crank arm and then fall to the peg and that's how he'll lock it in. Wow. I could never like that's why I over crook to the right. Okay. So like almost have to like get that I mean I guess you don't have to, but I see a lot of people lock that crank in. I can't. My foot just naturally sits that high. Wow. And I guess like when you're doing a uh look better. When you're doing a crook on the other side, it's like kinda hard not to hit your stuff. You know? Yeah. Everything's back it's, there. Not what, but like try to, you know, right side crook the rail with a king at the bottom, my pedal might drag. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to crook a king trail right side, I'm probably going to need left side drive to do it. Just right. like the sprocket shit's not catch. Have you ever uh, switched out a bike setup for for a clip? All the time. Yeah. Really? I've, I've cut pegs down. I've put five inch pegs on. I've put skinnier tires in the front or back. No way. I've put shorter bodied pedals. Like a rat trap pedal is like a half an inch wider than like a lot of pedals. Oh. Half on the south, so I put on a shorter pedal for stuff. 
take it takes off. Wait, why would you? Uh, why would you need a shorter pedal? Like some like like rail hop up rail stuff. If the pedal body's so wide, the the pedal will hit the top rail like clearance. Oh, skinnier pedal. Cut take. I'm trying to think what I, I know. I've done all kinds of shit. I put left side drive on for tricks. Interesting. I, Interesting. I used to would put plastic pegs on when needed. Now it's it's gonna come out as I put a metal peg on for stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm I'm a fan of metal and plastic, but when it comes to like if I'm gonna smack my peg off of something for the sake of the doink, I kind of want the metal, you know. Uh, this overcook I did in the animal video, like it's like next to all the window has like those like the frame around it stick out like two inches more than the glass, like more than the glass. So if you lean in, your bar and will scratch across the glass fine, but then the frame sticks out. So my bar clipped once and sent me like really hard to the ground. So I did it on a Latinese bike with OG Bob bars that were two inches shorter than mine. Right. Like I've never or cut down bars or put skinnier bars on my own bike, but I've definitely jumped on somebody else's. Damn. To have it work, I'm just the way you have to land. You're gonna clip your bar, right? Makes sense to bar ends. My drag across the brick too. Bar ends drag across the brick too. Like grinding like a rail next to a brick wall with a metal bar end, it goes slow. I popped plastic in before for it to slide past it easier. Right? Yeah. Fuck. Damn, dude! I didn't even think of all this shit. You got me. You got my gears turning now. Thinking of bike setups. I waxed a wall the other day in Richmond to do a trick. My barn was grinding across the tile, so I just waxed my barn. Was gonna go. <laughs> Damn. You get any B-roll of that? Not of me waxing it, but yeah, the trick. It's like a hot. It's like overground on this bench next to a wall where like my pegs don't even sit flat. They're like angled up because the other side of the bike's in the wall. Like the handlebar like pushes the bike sideways. Wow. Sounds cool. Yeah, it's easy trick, but big brain to see it. <laughs> right ride smarter not harder yeah especially at this point alright I got uh, no days off here pulled up and I remember when this video came out I was living in Rochester and I ordered this I shit my favorite video part I've ever done really and this was like all, all those trips and just that was so much fun just like being young and being stupid and traveling and all the TVs we smashed like it's a lot of good times hmm. that years or whatever it was. And this one, uh, Scott also put together. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is Scott's best work. He's really, he's really fucking sick at putting shit together, man. Yeah, like I think this is like, I think he even would probably say this is like his crowning moment of things that put together. Is this video? That's rough. Ugh. That was first trick of the day, first day of a trip. Oh. It was my sternum pretty bad and didn't ride for three or four days. And this is when I grew to be weird. Great song, too. I don't know where they found it from. See, so yeah, I 
had nothing to do with anything of this. Like at one point towards the end, Scott sent me the timeline and it was missing a bunch of stuff. I said, "Hey, where's this clip? This clip? This clip?" And then he cut him in. Then the next time I saw it was the premiere. <laughs> there was kind of like a blow up with like him and the rest of the act like you know, dude. So like there wasn't the best communication. <laughs> so wait, run that back again. I'm sorry. When this video came out, there was like some like weird beef and like everyone kind of stopped being friends. At least Scott kind of stopped being friends with those dudes. So it was like some weird whatever when this came out. Like us even like seeing it. Oh, gotcha. He definitely is a maestro. lot of long car rides just like with scott driving in new york just i learned how to pick locks one day on the car when we were driving <laughs> weird conversations coming with like like video title puns just scott shit <laughs> now the gold bike was that just a drunken night you're like yeah, yeah let's just spray bomb this or, thing like well anywhere in wilkes bar People would really, people see us riding like, oh, there was this Buddha to wall at U-Haul. Like, two different people called it a Buddha to wall ride. Just kept saying, go check out the spot. So we finally do, because it's like an ongoing joke. And some of those like a can of gold paint in the car, so I just spray painted my bike gold at the spot. <laughs> right out the rest of the trip with the gold bike. Like went from like Wilkes Barre up to Boston. And then when I got home, I stripped it back down to black. It looked stupid. <laughs> That's gnarly. Ooh, that pole at the bottom? Fuck that. I wish that spot were still there. I tried to find it a few years ago, and it's, it's like now like a parking garage or something where it used to be. But some of this footage is my first trip to California. Mm. Like four or five clips of this from there. That's from California. I like that. That's so good. Hey there. Nice rolling long lens. Yeah. That looked tough. That, that there's no way out of that in and out ice. Like you have to do it. Yeah, that's the first time I like had plastic bags on my bike like, permanently. Really? Before I would just like one for a trick, take them off, and then when butcher pegs came out, I got a set. And I think I went like a month or two before I grinded through all the sleeves. Wow! Right. What a nice angle for that clip. Yeah, we did lift Scott up onto this like awning over the doorway. Was... I could easily watch this section at half speed and be just as entertained. Just this like... was kind of, I started knowing what I wanted to do and like going to spots specifically for certain tricks. Mm -hmm. We're being really excited that that worked. 
Is this when the like the list started where you're like, all right, I want this here, I want this there. Right. Ideas of like tricks and stuff. Like, oh, I think this will work at this spot. I'm gonna go here specifically for this. And then obviously, like things might change when I get to the spot. I would kind of like see what does work. But yeah, that was just sort of like knowing what I wanted to do and going to places with a purpose. Right. Damn. And did that did that video get nominated as well? Yeah. And what ended up happening there? I forget. I don't remember what. Not us. What's that? I don't remember what won that year, but it wasn't us. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. I know Anthem won when Still Here came out. Did we? Did we skip the Scavenger FYL video? I think we did. That might have came out before No Days Off, but it was like the same time period. It was like between Daily Grind and that video, like that couple years. The footage from this was definitely what was filmed for No Days Off. And you had the first... I'm at the end. Did you have the first... Oh, you're at the end. That's right. You got the, the banger section. I'm going to try and... I mean, I it know the... Funny. When the Nims memes were going off like a year ago, to like go back to this, Nims did the soundtrack and like Nims was a dude for a bit. Like I was like getting a bunch of like the, the fuck your life clothes from him back then. Yeah. So he he kind of blew up then after this. You don't remember seeing like all the the Bing Bong stuff all over Instagram and TikTok. That's him. Yeah, that's Nims. Yeah. I never knew what. Yeah, we'd go out to Coney Island and we'd just run into him. And, like, that's where they filmed all this shit with him out there. He did the soundtrack. Wow. Yeah, then I, like, what the fuck your life clothes from him. No, and then, like, ten years later, or almost ten years later, like, he goes viral with all the bing-bong shit. <laughs> and, like, I could, like, pull this. Oh, no, like, you know, this was a homie, like. Wow. It, was... Some... it cut out there just now. What'd you say? Uh, just super funny that like that we you know, we would hang out with like run into him and like to see him go viral. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um... <laughs> the B roll is always nice, nice little entertainment joints. This is a lot of like the leftover stuff from that California trip. I took the best stuff to the, the no day, you know, no days off, and the rest went to this. Mm-hmm. And did you guys were you did, were they asking for footage, and you're like, yeah, here you go, or what? I think Vinny just might have said, hey, we're doing a video. Do you have any footage? And I just sent it through. Like, I was always proactive and had a lot of footage sitting around anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, the, some animal web parts that I just, I had footage and sent them the footage. And then they would sit on it wherever they made a video. But yeah, I always, like, had stuff ready to go. Mm-hmm. 
like my fax part, I think was before I even knew that video was happening, I just sent Navaz like footage and then it became the part in that video. That's sick. What was it like to have your footage be edited by Bob and be a that part was cool. of that? I think my animal part was the last thing he did for Animal. Wow. This is my again the other day. I think that was the last thing he made for Animal. But it was cool. Like he had edited a part, Navaz edited facts, Pantheon did with it, and stuff with Scott. Like all like the dudes like I love their videos. It's cool to have them at least like they didn't film it or all of it, but it's cool to have it something edited by them. Absolutely. That's that's an honor right there, you know. Um, what do I got here? So now I'm I'm getting to the facts section here. And this would be all HD stuff after I got an HD camera and was filming the first SMM video. This is like the leftover or whatever. I guess it wasn't even leftover because the video wasn't done yet, but like me just chipping away some stuff that I wasn't going to use for that video and went to this. Mm. And did you put this together, this one? No, you said uh, Navaz did. Yeah, he's the one who made this video. Yeah. Shout out to Gabe. Big hop, holy fuck. There's so many riders, like, I'll see their names, I'm like, oh man, what the fuck happened to that guy? Where's that guy at? Like, yeah, every once in a while they'll pop back up. Or, like, now I'll get an email, just for the animal email, of like some of these dudes, like, getting back into riding and, like, trying to get stuff. Oh, wow. Because it'll just fall out of contact, quit writing for you, follow out of contact, and just go to the website and find an email and hit me up. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Stomped it. I love that. That's got like some like ancient Greek Roman Colosseum type vibes to it. It's like this mansion in San Francisco that it was a skate spot forever. It was abandoned. Apparently, it's like we got figured out by the police. I guess the doctor was like selling prescription drugs illegally or some shit. Like went to prison. Wow. And it's for years. Like I accepted it in like a web video. Like the photo was in my ride interview. And we were there. We looked up what the house was selling for. It was like $18 million was the asking price of the house. Then <laughs> at some point, like I tried to ride it years later and like they had pressure washed all the wax off and someone was living in the house again. Oh, then I started getting Instagram ad for Kohler faucets. That's their model house where they like had faucets on display. And that was a promoted ad on Instagram that I kept getting. It's like the front of the house and like a little virtual tour of all the faucets. What the fuck? Like that's a promoted ad that I kept getting, like having a photo with that spot in the magazine. Wow. Like I've ever written. Like one of the coolest spots in this ritzy ass neighborhood. Thrashing this fucking ledge. <laughs> As you should, right? And then then the us, them, one section comes out, which I, I sent you my, my notes about it. To me, this this felt like a victory lap. It felt like you've been this grinding. My... Say it again, it, it cut out. This was my first video part, Sober. Oh, interesting. Okay. Doing drugs like before I got an HD camera. Like that summer, 
like fully just quit everything, like got sober, and that fully like refocused me, made me a much happier, like better feeling person. Like I felt like a kid again, like motivated to ride to like to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Which is funny, like when I edited Hard Times, like the second Daily Grind video, like I didn't have a part in it, but I made the, like filmed it, and made the video. When I edited, I was like fifth of vodka and like Xanax, like when I edited the video. Oh man. Out of my mind, like fuck when we filmed that video, we were I was probably drunk ninety percent of the time filming the video. Holy shit. And just decided like one night just I'm done and stopped cold turkey and, and felt totally fine, like, never missed it, no withdrawals, no like just moved on my life and that video was like what came out of it. That's awesome. I mean, making positive decisions for yourself in general is not like uh it's not usually um something that happens in bmx you know i'm like i never got in trouble with drugs or alcohol like never like only really had good times like was barely even having hangovers like overall this like was pretty awesome and just decided right, i'm done like i've had enough of this like it's time to grow up it's time to stop and just stopped like the last night it was like i had a bunch of hard ciders a bunch of vodka a bunch of mushrooms smoked some weed like everyone i was with they fell asleep so i was like facetiming people in california keeping the party going like quoting every old like Ric Flair line from the eighties, like just full on like in party mode, like trying to find like on totally. and just woke up the next morning feeling fine, like on oh, I'm done and just stopped. Right. And then uh, like a month or two later, is when I got the HD camera, and that's when I started this video. Right on. And what was what was uh what was the camera? Uh, HVX two hundred A, like the Panasonic camcorder. Mm-hmm. That one's got the, had, the zoom ring, right? Yeah, full on, like, just big camcorder. Nice. And then, probably like a year and a half into it, I bought an HPX, like the better Panasonic camcorder. That's kind of like the VX of Panasonic for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the camera most people have the whale eye on. That was like the workhorse go to HD camera for a long time. And fuck, even like the Supreme video, like, Strobeck uses that camera. A lot of people use that camera still. Right. Kind of like a blend of both. And then a JVC VHSC camera. Is that, that's what you also use or that's just what also other people use? That's what I, that's what like all the VHS, like old looking footage is done with that camera. Oh, cool. Like a, like a B-roll cam kind of, kind of thing. I've had probably seven or eight of the same model. That's sick. You know, I would get a break and then I'd getting a new one and the one i use now i've used for like five or six years and the ribbon cord to the settings on the on the like the door are broke but the camera works fine doesn't glitch the ribbon cord of the viewfinder still works it's all matters keep using it that's even sick. though i think i have a brand new one in a box somewhere in my room that i got on ebay for cheap um when i was making fucks with it i had the idea of doing b-roll kind of like eight millimeter but in, instead <laughs> I had an iPhone 3G, and I noticed that if I video, if I, if, oh yeah, if I recorded, if I used the phone to shoot video of my computer screen of a clip, the iPhone was so shitty, and because I'm recording a screen, it kind of looked like 8mm, and in my head I was like, this is going to be my B-roll cam, I'm just going to shoot B-roll, and then I'm going to like reshoot it to get my B-roll. But then, I don't know how the, the phone got disappeared, and then I wasn't able to use it, so I had to figure out a different route. But I think 
Scott did something like that for some of the B-roll clips and angles. I think he, like, filmed the computer screen. I know he had a VHS camera to be used also. I think he filmed the screen. I think Beach does that, too. Well, like, film the computer screen with the camera to, like, make it look even more distorted. Mm-hmm. When I, like, before I got the VHS camera, like, my original experiment, even before I made Hard Times, like, right before we started that video, was film with the VX, hook it into the, into a VCR, record it to a tape, send it back to the the VX, so it, like, had that VHS distortion. And then I edited, like, a little, like, five-minute promo for Daily Grind, like, filmed like that. So that was kind of like the template where I knew once I'm done with hard times, I want to do a video like this. I want to get an HD camera and I want to get like an actual VHS camera. The Super 8 is too expensive. Like we did a lot of that with like Act Like You Know videos and I was not ready to spend that kind of money for B-roll and what it costs to have that stuff developed. And it's what, like three minutes on a roll is all you get. Wow. I would do it now that I can afford it, but fuck, it's a whole like ordeal to even find a camera that works run a roll of film through it, you know, get it developed, make sure everything looks right. Yeah. There's so many filters and things you can just click and, and do to, to stuff these days. It's insane. I, I believe in doing stuff the hard way and the, the proper way. Yeah. But, yeah, like, that's why at least with, like, the VHS, like, all the glitches in that video were from the camera. Like, nothing is made digitally. Like, I definitely, like, cut them up, speed them up, slow them down, but it's all, like, made in camera. Mm-hmm. And, and that's weird. in this section too, right? It's always weird seeing people like film HD and put a film burn on it. Like, what are you burning? It's digital. Yeah. It's it's like if you know anything about the medium, that doesn't yeah, make like, any sense. Digital doesn't glitch. Digital doesn't have film burn. That's not how that works. Right. Now you're just clicking effects. <laughs> yeah. Like 90% of the viewers don't know or care. Right heard about that it's like i know that shit's not real like shit <laughs> yeah the pe- the people that know know like, even like the zines for these videos like i have all like 35 millimeter for the most part like everything's like on film done the hard way like obviously like some stuff was digital but like i had a 35 millimeter camera a bunch of disposables and shot hundreds of photos over the three years of this video and the four years of salad days wow but i think doing it like the hard way, the, the proper way is better. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, it's like our organic food. Like, you know that what went into it was real, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Guilt, guilt-free content. <laughs> did you pick, did you, did you pick your own song for this? Yeah, I picked all the music for this video. And like one thing, like everyone has kind of trusted me to like, they know I'm going to do it right. They let me have free reign. Which that's something like making videos for animals has been a little bit weird for me because I'm so used to me picking everything and doing everything. And now I'm getting sent footage from people and I'm like, I have to run music by people a little bit. Like, hmm. I mean, just it being my expression and me doing it how I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that you even consider people because some people don't even let people, you know, have a say in, in shit, you know? I mean, if it were, like, something that I'm doing, then, yeah, oh, that's what I'm doing. But, like, for Animal, I'm working for a company. Like, I got to just put stuff out. So, like, I got to even, like, it's filmed, like, shit or, like, not the way I would have filmed it or the quality sucks or whatever. Like, I have to just use it. Yeah. I do the best I can to make it look good and use it. I'm not able to, like, be everywhere all the time filming everything. Now, like, with my own project, absolutely. 
Like there was some stuff in this video that was sent to me and I didn't even want to use it. Like I'd rather have everything come out of my cameras. I was there for it or I filmed it. Right. But I had to kind of make some sacrifices here and there with like Devin stuff. He filmed some stuff on trips and sent it to me. But otherwise it'd be all for me. Right. With this part, I wanted every spot, every trick to be unique. Like, I have nothing like a stock handrail or a stock spot. Uh, so, sorry, like me, like, really curating what I'm putting out to, like, an obsessive degree. Right. Which I guess it helps when it's, like, my project. So, like, I, there's no time frame. I don't, like, have to put anything out. I'm not right. getting paid by they were like, I just have to have footage. It's I can just like fully let it be exactly what I want it to be. Go at your own pace type of thing. I could go on a trip and film one or two things for the week and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Look at it more like making an album where like everything is there for a reason. You might record 30 songs, you narrow it down to like the best and all have a purpose. Now I wanted to mention this over Toothpick real quick. Um, so I, I wrote an article for dig about BMX nicknames, because I noticed that when, when you're riding with a group of friends, you might, if somebody does like a, like a fakey tire slide, somebody might call that a Carl pointer or something like that. For me, I, I, I pitched this to dig. They told me they took it out of the article, which I was kind of bummed on, but you know, whatever it's their it's their site they, they want it the way they want it but i i like to refer to anything that's an over toothpick stall as a dave osato yeah that's fair it, it the dude is such a ham say it again i'm sorry now it's a billy wood fan oh yeah he kills him too huh right now like so much now that it's a joke with me and people who know Billy, will like see something. Oh yeah, Billy can overtoot that. Like it won't even be anything remotely like he can overtoot. It's just like an ongoing joke. That Billy can overtoot that. Damn. That's like he's the one doing the craziest shit now because he looked up to Asada, looked up to Indians, looked up to Fryman, like all the dudes who did the best overtoots. Now, with that said, I have no fucking clue how you pull in from an overtooth like. At all. Like, where's my finger bike at? I got... I Like, that's a trick I learned in the streets. I didn't learn it on a spot or a quarter. Or, like, a skate park spot. I literally learned it on, like, a, I think it was like a slab of sidewalk stacked up, like, like a construction pile, where you just ride up it, stab in the peg, lean forward, yank back. Wow. What a, what a, what a clip, too, with the sunset and the lights. Just came yeah, out so good. Well, I filmed that previously on a VX that never came out, so I went back and did it, which what I originally did at the bottom of that spot wasn't concrete or the ground. It like kind of hovers over the dirt. You can probably see in the clip where I patched it in with concrete. We went back, concrete a second roll up to it smooth. Otherwise, you had to like, kind of like pop onto the transition and then do it. Right, that's a little. So did you quick create the spot and then, yeah. and then left and then came back like how much later? Like I don't know. This, like the local skaters had a little bit of quick creep there, but like it wasn't radius off the sidewalk. It wasn't enough to make a difference. It was more or less just filler. 
think we went to Home Depot and like late at night and stole like ten bags of concrete or some shit. We were concreting a lot of spots that winter. We just fill up gallon jugs with water from the faucet and just head out, mix it with a shovel with the spot, pour it, come back in a few days and ride it. And how far? So we, like, was it a far drive? No, probably just like in Dayton. Oh, okay. Because I'm thinking, like, if you drove like hours and hours to a spot, quick create it, come back days later. Do we definitely, if you're going to do that, you get quick set concrete that sets in about six to eight hours. You get there early in the morning, put it down, come back right before dark. Hmm. Or you get like a QPR, it's like this asphalt patcher stuff that you can put down, and, and you, once you pack down, it's it's asphalt. Like you don't need to heat it up or anything, and then that works to smooth stuff out. We've used that a handful of times. Wow. I probably, I done it at this spot, but quick creating it would be better because it's more permanent. Yeah. Eventually came back and we there was like probably a five foot patch. We came back and extended it even more just because it was good. <laughs> That's sick. And then eventually, like it rode for like a year, maybe two years, and then I assume the property owner just chipped it all out. I don't know why because they never seem to give a shit. But all that's gone now. Mm, right. But we still ride the spot. It's crazy. Like a little bit of quickery can go so far for like just making something super rideable. Yeah, I'm big on, like, the spot's an almost spot. Oh, this would almost be a spot if you did this. I'd rather just do the if. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, like, what, it's easier to fix this spot up than to go find another one, if, especially if everything else is lining up good. And it's just fun. Like, I like doing construction. I like the absurdness of pulling a sawzall out and fucking a hammer drill and, like, doing it the real way. Mm-hmm. And, like, you wear a vest, nobody fucking cares. Like, they assume that you're really allowed to be doing whatever you're doing. I mean, we've cut stuff down to make something rideable and not even actually been rideable. I relocated a handrail over four inches away from where it existed in real life to try a trick and couldn't even do what I wanted to do. No really way. <laughs> moved it over just enough and then couldn't do what I was trying to do. Like, wow. Huh. Half the fun is just doing the work. I remember this spot from, was it the scavenger video? Or maybe it was Animal All Day. Maybe yeah, yeah. In, in the credits yeah. where like Vinny's trying it and he keeps clipping his peg. Yeah, narrow. He, he, what did he do? He do? He did some kind of grind and then ride through. The rail used to go all the way to the top of the stairs. So he like oversmithed around the ledge to like thread it through the opening at the bottom. Mm. That like top upright got cut in the top like, Four feet of the rail was cut out so you can like jump into a feeble on the ledge. Mm. Yeah, it used to just like he like smith the ledge to roll through. Damn. And Tissio feeble 180, the other one, like the left side one in the back, there used to not be a gate there. Oh shit. On the like left side one and like in the back. Yeah, like the you can see like the fences at the bottom on top of the ledge. That used to not be like that. So Tissio does like the rail ledge feeble 180 on it in day job. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Roller coaster crook. Yeah. Front coaster, I guess it would call. It. I don't know. So mini roller coaster section that's gotta be a real cool feeling 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that one I cut the bottom out at like two in the morning, going somewhere else, like just passing through, and then came back at the end of the weekend to do the crook. Wow. Sheesh. I love that because it looks like if you, yeah, exactly. If you didn't trust that, you weren't getting that. There was like a middle bar holding the rail to the wall, and I had to cut out the crook it, so that's why I had all that flex in it. Hmm. I remember that spot from your older video. Any salmon spot from all that. Yeah. Seinfeld diner. Mm-hmm. I like that when it just grind connects into another grind. Sheesh. What would you even call that? 40, 60, 40, 60 to crook, I guess. 60, 60 crook, yeah. And I four pegged that rail in no days off. Damn. Like, actually, I guess there's two rails at that school. One's like a five flat four, and the other's like a five flat five. I did the shorter one in the other video. Mm. They, were a little bit, they were a little bit closer together, so like it made sense to roller coaster it. Damn. But they're... Out in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Now, <clears throat> I remember when this video came out. That's when I reached out to you initially about doing a pod because I was just blown away by this video. And uh, I think your section and Zach's section got nominated, right? It didn't. So the way they do Nora, there's like a list of videos. People they they try to curate whatever came out like to make it easy. Anything that came out like that year qualifies. The top five that had the most votes become nominated. Mm. So Axe was nominated. Right. And the video was the film. I said, like, technically, like, it's like a combo, I guess, of a bus. Like, my video, his part. Yeah, he got nominated. Did he end up, did he end up winning? I forget. Um, I don't have one. It was like Caps Lock, maybe, was the video that came out that year. Dennis Demolition video was about one. Damn. So it, it's crazy because it's like, you never know quite if other people are working on stuff and if it's going to, when, if and when it's going to come out. So it's like, you, you worked so hard on this thing, you drop it, you're proud of it. And then you think, oh shit, this might actually go all the way. And then somebody else drops a video and you're like, fuck. Sometimes too, like this being like such like a niche crew video, who knows if people voting even watch the video or know what it is. Right. Cause what, wasn't there something that happened where, um, a video, oh, maybe it was like the United video when that came out. Not everybody saw it, but everybody heard it was going to be that good, so everybody voted for it. That video, but yeah, I think some shit like that has happened where like something was barely out and just like, I mean, you assume who's in the video and it's like, if the people voting you know your friend is in this video in the industry, you're probably going to vote for them. Yeah. Like, 
I know, like, Fudgers tried to make it better with how they do the voting. Do it like you do the Academy Awards, where everyone who votes watches it, they discuss it. Right. Or maybe let only for, like, video of the year, let it be video makers are the ones who vote. I don't know. That would be a suggestion where, like, you get an actual re-representation. It's not just the writing. It's the writing, the film and editing, the music, like, the feel of the video. There's so much that goes into a video more than just the writing. Right. If you want to make it legitimate in, in a professional sense, maybe have people who know what the fuck's going on sit down and talk about it. Right. It, it, it's like, I, I, I said this to Lawhead, I don't know if you heard the other pods, where I was like, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, Emmy, like BMX could totally have a, another three more award things. Exactly. The thing is, a lot of those, you don't just have random people voting. You've got ANRs, executive producers, people who actually know what they're doing. If you're voting for you know, cinematography, you have cinematographers mm-hmm. voting. If you don't just let actors vote for that stuff, and they have to sit and watch everything, and you know they've watched it, you have a screening for that stuff. You don't just send them a link and hope they watch it. I assume probably most people do watch it. Uh, you can go look at view counts of the private links, and they're oh, if there's 500 people who get the vote, and this one has 200 views. Clearly, not everyone watched it. Yeah, that's a good way to. That's actually a really good way to to, to set the it fact up. That, you know, they try to limit who votes for stuff, and like if someone doesn't not watching anything and isn't very knowledgeable in a, in a category, and they're not voting. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure like there's people that aren't going to watch everything. Why would you? Why would you? There's a list of fucking 20 or 30 videos. You're not going to sit down and watch them all. Yeah, watch a couple and what you've heard about or noted to go to your friends around it or whatever, or your you know your coworkers, your team members, whatever. You're probably gonna vote for that. I mean, that's human nature. You're gonna vote for your friends. Yeah, and that's and like you said though, if if the people that were qualified for voting on that topic are involved, it, it adds more of a quality assurance yeah. to it. Like with trails riders, you have only the trails dudes vote for it. And those are good times. They get together in a group chat and discuss it. And there's a shit ton of trail riders who are really good and really kill it that have never even been fucking filmed before, you know? So it'd be cool if on the video stuff they had, like, people who are actually knowledgeable about videos watch everything together and kind of, like, discuss it. Yeah. Another weird thing is, like, the way voting is done, you vote for number one. And then let's say, like, whatever got the second number of votes becomes number two. But that's not, that might not have been everyone's second choice for video of the year. If you had to pick like your top five, you know, I think the vote, the, the nominees would be drastically different. Yeah. That's how like when the Baco documentary made it over some other like actual real videos, for all I know, six people voted for that when majority of the people voted for what won. So that'll kind of skew like what gets nominated or not. Like, you might have like one clear winner and everything else might only get a handful of votes, but then they just made the list. Right. You know, that'll come. Otherwise, like, you know, if you would have voted, oh, this is number one, this would be my number two choice, and, you know, tabulate it that way, you'd get what was actually the second best video of the year. Yep. So that's kind of an interesting thing of the way it's done that some years, I think, have skewed. Right. What's and what's the official nominee list. And I think, I think, uh, I, I don't want to, it's it's easy to talk shit on Nora because it seems like that's the only award, and I don't think we are. I I think we're being completely perfectly fine, but it's all. But it's also like 
it's not necessarily Nora's responsibility to to even change anything if they don't want to. I, I feel like there's plenty of room if we if if some if somebody wanted to get together and, and like to to do that to add more more um, topics in there like best soundtrack for a full length like that's a that's a great one because maybe there was a great video that came out that didn't have great you know didn't have the greatest craziest front flip you know but it had good music and a good vibe to it. I mean look at like in skateboarding like Thrasher does Scare of the Year Transworld used to do the Transworld Awards. Like, no one cared about Thrasher's Scare of the Year until Transworld kind of died off. Oh, really? Like, wasn't the go-to for forever in skateboarding. Like, that was in a more recent, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, that was, like, Scare of the Year for Thrasher has existed forever. But it used to not be a big deal. You had Transworld Awards. Like, you had other stuff. Mm-hmm. No one stepping up and doing it. I mean, fuck, Noro's went through a couple different magazines before the Ride Guys got it and carried it on. Right. I think they're doing the best they can. I'm not going to, like... Say that Budge is not trying to do it right, but like it's just, I definitely think there's some like stuff can get overlooked because of the way it's done. Yeah, yeah. There's there's room for for more awards yeah. and more notification, more uh, stuff. The- Although it is makes a really funny conspiracy to say that you know Shadow won the year when they were a sponsor of the event. <laughs> Even though, like I know that literally had nothing to do with it at all, uh-huh. but create a, a really good conspiracy picture out of the optics of that if I wanted to, or someone wanted to. Right, right. It doesn't look the best. Right, even though, like, it is legit. I'm not even going to act like it's not because I know that it is, but you could definitely create a picture if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now, I got... Okay, I got your angle section queued up here. And, uh... I know this first clip I wanted to ask you about because what the fuck happened? My tire hit the upright. Your tire hit the upright or your back tire? My front tire. I was leaning in on my front tire, smacked that middle upright. All right, we're going. We're going to half speed on this one. I got CS. Yeah, this. I'm. I'm. I think the rail is bent, and I'm leaning, and just inside of it. Oh. You see the. Face that up, right? Oh. And like that was just me feeling out the rail for a double peg, and then that happened. And I, I think I bent the rail a little bit with my chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. But that had a we had to cut my peg down, or I had a shorter peg for that. Oh yeah. My, upright, so I had to run like a like three and a half inches or some shit. I always roll with from like three to five inch pegs, like in like half inch or quarter inch increments, some absurd amount of pegs. So you just have like random pegs just ready to go, like you have the short one in your toolbox. In the dig article to this video of me holding all the pegs. <laughs> There's like three, three and a half, four, four and a half, five in steel and plastic. That's sick. And what, which uh, dig was that in? Not the newest one, the one from what would be twenty twenty two, twenty twenty one, whatever. The like, not the one that just came out a month ago. The one from the year prior. Okay. Like a, an angles article in the magazine. It was like a photo of that. I'm just holding all these pegs. Mm.
Yeah, I had already like cracked my rib on that trip, and then that fucked it up the rest of the way. I like, couldn't ride when I hit it. That was wild. This is all California footage. This is the COVID years. I wasn't working, but getting a lot of money from unemployment. Mm-hmm. And everyone back home had to work, so I was going to California every two months, it seemed like, to just go stay with Scott and film for this. Wow. But I think I probably did 10 trips to LA in that span of this video. That's sick. And, uh, you, you used to work at a restaurant, is that right? Yeah, I've worked at an Italian restaurant since I was like 20. Like family owned, really small local Italian spot. Closed on the weekends, closed at like 7.30 every night. Like, had it really good, like really good hours. I was there forever, so I made pretty good money. My boss would give me like extra money if I was going on a trip. He'd give me like 50 bucks or 100 bucks. I was going to go on a trip just to help me out. So he knew I was like such a good, dependable worker. And then when COVID happened, you know, like everything, they had to shut down for a bit. I got unemployment, assuming I'll, I'll eventually go back to work. He couldn't do uh, like dining. I just washed dishes. Like I could have cooked, but I made more money doing dishes. I've been there forever, so why why do anything else? Right. They were just doing to go orders, so like he wouldn't have needed me full time. So he let me ride out unemployment for a year and a half, and I was getting like eight hundred bucks a week from that. Nice. And then it got to the point where, like, he occasionally needed me to come into work, so he let me come in and paid me out of the table while still collecting unemployment. Solid. So, lucked out really, really well those two years. And then that's when I kind of transitioned to, like, working more for Animal, working full-time for Animal, getting paid good money from Animal. So I was triple-dipping and was able to, like, really travel and kind of do whatever I wanted. That's sick. Yeah, a lot of people I don't think were so lucky with COVID, but I definitely lucked out. Yeah, big time, man. I I kind of lucked out too. I ended up taking my uh, stimulus checks and using it as a down payment on this house. I mean, it's a small house, but I'm stoked to have something. Yeah, big time. Years to move, you sell the house, you at least get what you put into it back, probably more. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> as of right, we bought right when the the frenzy for houses was going up, so we had to like overshoot just to even get the house. That so sucks. it's yeah. Now it's not like that. Yeah. So we have a long time to wait till it kind of bounces back up. Well, I don't think it's ever going to be worth like the value's never going to go down. Yeah. It may not. Late, it was high as it was, but at least like it's not gonna be worth less. You may not really make anything, but you're not gonna lose money. Yeah. Did you hear Colt Fake on Cano Nose? No, I've not listened to that podcast yet. He uh he mentioned that like when he was in his twenties, I can't believe Colt Fake in his twenties bought a house. But... Well, a, a lot of people did back yeah. then because that's when the economy crashed. It was cheap. Fuck, like. One of my best friends, like, was in the season, like, Matt, he bought his house, I think, for, like, 30 grand. And that's such a come up when it's, like, when you're getting it that low, it's gonna be such a good payout. Yeah, I know a lot of people that, like, back then, like, got houses for really cheap. I mean, fuck, the house I'm living in now, my friend who bought it, he paid just over 100 Now, because of, like, COVID and the increase of everything, it's now worth over double that. 
That's he goes and prays, doing nothing to it for double that. Like, I don't like. It's never going to go to how it was in like 2008 when we were practically giving houses away. Yeah. I mean, fuck, going down a lot of places like in the Midwest, like shitty areas, you can get a house from that sort of thing. Like here where I live, there was a house in my grandparents' neighborhood that sold for twenty four hundred dollars. Jeez. Like the old owners had like a pig or something living in the house, so it was like like gutted. <laughs> but, like I could buy that house in cash right now, and I have you have land. I mean, fuck. I know like Detroit. It's not like this anymore, but you could get a house in Detroit for like a dollar if you just paid the taxes and made it livable. And Gary, Indiana was like that too. There's a lot of places that'll have really cheap housing if you move another house, make it livable, and pay the taxes on it. Yeah. Like, you know, on the coast, it's not going to be like that just because everyone wants to live there. But in the middle of the country, you can definitely get a house for really cheap. Right. In Pennsylvania, you could probably get a house for 30 or 40 grand, I'm sure. Yeah. And- I mean, if you want to live, the cost of living is so cheap, though. You may not be make much money, but at least, like, everything is, you know, priced similarly. Exactly. It's, it's like you got to think of both sides of it when you're looking at it. Um Suspicious Minds I just pulled up here. So you put this one together as well. Yeah. So this, this is when out. you you've kind of made the transition to kind of like working for Animal for real. Yeah. It started out when we were making Witted. The old sales rep Nick Barnes was leaving. He was getting a job at UPS. Hmm. Or not UPS office. So they needed a sales rep. It was essentially like QEP was going to handle distro and then not happening. So they just needed someone to do sales temporarily. So that's when Devin Denham stepped up and kind of took reins of a lot of that. And then it kind of snowballed into him doing everything. Well, I was starting to get paid to help Bintheon run the Instagram and like help design product and like kind of just help out here or there. Like not making much money at first, but like, you know, a little bit of money, which was just nice. I was already living fine, my job. I was just basically extra money to do stuff that I was already good at. You know, I learned with you know, Daily Grind, I was good at managing a team, driving the car, knowing what people like to ride and plotting that out. Like always, you know, thinking for other people. So that was a skill set I was good at. I've always tinkered around and like decent at design and like knowing how things should work. Mm-hmm. So I snowballed today when Justin left, I started getting paid a little bit more to do more of his stuff and kind of manage the team, film here or there. Then now it kind of snowballed into like, there's three people running the company. Like Ralph, you know, the owner, he handles a lot of like the business stuff. And then my friend Bo is now fully doing all the sales, doing purchase orders, doing like the business side of it. Now I'm running the warehouse, film the videos, run the social media, handle the team, do design, whatever. Wow. Like fully just kind of stuff that I was good at and stuff I've learned how to be good at. Right. You kind of just like grew right into the position then desire for me to like not want to ever go back to a normal job like having that two years of being off like i don't like i want to work hard i will bust my ass i'm like you know put 100 percent of anything i'm doing mm-hmm. but i don't want to necessarily feel like someone else where like my time is gone you know like like now i know what my job is i can do it make sure it's done it doesn't matter when i do it right you know if i need to be in the warehouse for 15 hours to you know take in a shipment and get all sent out i'm gonna bust my ass not complain and do it but it also gives me the freedom that, you know, if I want to go on a trip somewhere, I can take a day off here there and go do it. Yeah. And I got to kind of, like, have a life and, and do stuff instead of being stuck, like, at 9 to 5. Plus, you know, I want to see that company, like, live and thrive like it used to. 
you know, do what I can to kind of, you know, build it back up. Yeah. Big time. I mean, it's, it's so cool to see. Sorry, you cut out right there. What did you say? Make the stuff that I want to ride. Like, you know, if I have an idea and it's something I want, I can have it made. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, just, uh, got this today. I supported a bike shop. Shout out to Albies. Went ahead and bought one of them guys. So this is your signature uh, hub guard. I designed it through Daily Grind over 10 years ago. Like, I was always cutting up FBM guards if it was driver. And then, you know, Gremlin was gracious enough to, like, take my designs and make it for real. You know, from, like, all my sketches, we sat down and drew it out. And, like, you know, I, I sat with you who did it in the computer. And 3D rendering. I did a 3D printing to make sure it fit. And then, you know, once that kind of fizzled, like, you know, doing shit with them, it's, it's like, well, fuck, let's make it through Animal. Almost dropped it on my fucking computer. That would have been bad. Yeah, it's it came not, out really good. Not, you know, that original of an idea, but look at how many dry side guards aren't big enough to actually push you to the peg. Like, they all suck, I think. Yeah. By someone who actually grinds and knows how it's going to work. I want it to push you straight to your peg. Yeah. Grinding on the peg. You don't want to get hung. You don't want to be grinding on your guard at all. No. And a lot of them, that happens, or they're barely bigger than the hub shell, which means that it can't be very steep, so you're going to sit on it, it's not going to protect your hub. Mm-hmm. I was running that now with plastic hub guards. There's nothing big enough to really, like, fully cover your chain and your hub and then push you to your peg. You sit on top of it. Right. And It's over exists, but fuck, dude, that's not where you lock in. You want to lock in at your peg and your tire. That 90-degree angle is how you balance. Yep. People who don't grind and design this shit, yeah, you, you need it. You need it to be proper. And I used to cut. I used to cut a FBM guard myself. I yeah, a lot of people did. That was the only good drive side guard. Was making one out of that forever. Yeah, and there was like that weird thing with like the top hat washer pushing through because it was aluminum and all that gnarly weird shit. That that didn't. That wasn't initially how they designed them. I think that came later, but it just ended up not being as good. A regular aluminum would bust through, and then they put that steel washer so it at least wouldn't deform and get stuck on your axle, but you still push through. Mm-hmm. And then I, somebody maybe made a steel one before Daily Ground, but Gremlins that I can remember was like the first steel one I ever rode. Mm-hmm. The big thing is once again, it's like you know we're in the streets riding the shit. The aluminum ones just aren't holding up, so that's why he's like, well, fuck, we'll make it out of steel like the peg it'll last longer. Kind of like a known brander, just didn't seem like it really caught on. Which now they're really really heavy, but you're like thrashing and you need steel. Like it's going to last so much better than aluminum. Yeah. This is like, this is kind of like a lifetime product. Like you buy one and you're good. Like you're straight. Like you're not going to bend it. You're not going to deform it. Like I rode the original production sample from daily grind for like seven or eight years. It's still fine. I just built a new bike and put a new one on, but it's totally fine on the drive side. And I grind a lot on the right. I'm not mostly left. I grind about equal on both sides. Mm Mm-hmm. When I rode steel, I rode two of those. I rode one on my left, my dominant side. You can't rotate it. Right. And it lasted like four or five years before it was, it was cracked. It still worked fine. It didn't rub anything when I finally put a new one on. Yeah. And it still could like, And that's my dominant peg. You can't rotate it. I ride a lot. I ride hard. I use that peg. Right. And it lasts that long. Are they are they heat treated too? Or is this is it just not? It is. Yeah, wow. 
So like the if, first school wasn't, and it did bend, and then we had it heat treated, and then they been flawless. Right. Wow, that's really cool. I have a plastic one I designed. It eventually, when the new Animal Rear Hub happens, it'll come on those. It is. I think it's better than all the ones that exist right now, like shape wise. Really, very, very, very cool. I'm. I, uh... No, they're just a big. I can't say because it's white, but like it's an actual proper shape of a drive side guard. Wow, it looks like a good angle and everything. That's where you know the Sherman hubs. You know, Sherman tank is indestructible. So that's why, like, the, the badge you did for us, why it's a tank. That's why the hubs are the Sherman hubs. Try to make, like, an actual bomb-proof hub set for Street Rider. I'm so excited about this. Um, I haven't really talked about it that much or anything, but uh, you reached out and, and asked me to help you out a little bit with the, the graphic for it. I'm really stoked to to I a, love have anything to do with the project and, B, for the product itself, like, what uh what all are the features of the Sherman Hub? You said it's gonna be bomb proof. Is is it male axle, female axle? Oh, it's a it'll be a front and rear. The front is like a flangeless front hub. Which, like I rode the Simple Eject back in the day when that came out. It's the best hub. Yo, for but real. It, Look. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I've got <laughs> I've got one show laying in here somewhere too. I love the Simple but, Front Hub. From axle, so it strips out over time. Where the axle floats, it'll push to one side and mushroom, so you can't get your cones on and off. That center shim was aluminum, so that would, would blow out too. Yep. So this one is the same 17-millimeter bearing. Like, internal axle, so it's strong. you got a big bearing, so it's going to be smooth and strong. Steel sleeve in between the bearings, so you can't crush it. The axle is shouldered on one side, so you, you have to slide it in from one side, but that already preloads the bearings, meaning you're not going to have the axle float around where you can mushroom the ends. Right. All the issues. The, the hub was, was good to begin with. And the, the clot did one. It was a steel axle. That was great. But still some little issues with it where it could shift around. And this was just me writing a product. How can I make it better? Yeah. So it's that you know, longer steel bolts. You know, a little bit longer so you can run it you know, through your pegs, through a hub guard, you know, through thick dropouts, mm. and have the bolt be in the bearings of the hub. So you have full strength of that bearing supporting everything. Right. And then it's got bigger, good plastic hub guards that pop onto it, just like you know the Simple, the Primo, the Eclat. Then the rear is the hybrid hub, which I rode that hub, the We the People version, for over a year. Never had an issue. Like, was the best feeling free coaster I've ever ridden. You know, good slack. It's light. It runs smooth. It's simple. And you pop the springs in it, it's a cassette. That's now, so we worked. I think I've had the sample for probably six or seven months, but we took it and put a 17-millimeter female axle in it, so it's stronger. Bigger bearings, so it rolls smoother. All the hardware is press-fit. So you don't have to worry about anything stripping out the slides together. You've got a little bit longer 14 millimeter female bolts. So once again, you know, it'll go through your frame, through your peg, through your hub guards. So it sits inside the bearing, so you have all that strength. And if the bolt's shorter, it might stop right before the hub shell bearing and can kind of cause it to break. That could be a weak point. Wow. This sits in so you have, you know, just because the bearing diameter is this big, you have all that strength, you know, to support the axle. You know, then we designed you know, good plastic hub guards that fully cover everything, you know, like a Sherman tank. It's, you know, quite a bit bigger than of most plastic guards. So it can sit closer to the spokes. Because, you know, as a spoke builds it, the triangular thing goes upward. So the guard can almost sit over the hub shell up higher. So, you know, if you, like, over ice pick something, you can't slip in behind the hub guard. So you're always going to hit, you know, the guard, like... Oh, man. 
ear can slide down to the peg. That's sick. And you know you can ride it as a cassette. It's a dialed cassette, so it's you know an individual Paul Spring driver. Like it's the smoothest feeling I've ever ridden. Like so now like I'll go fakey and almost gain too much speed going up a wedge at a skateboard or something. Like I'm used to the actually the, the people how it's still smooth, but this one's even smoother. You gain speed. You just feel how fast it rolls. So. So you guys took this hybrid system and basically improved it. You added a couple features to this already existing design. We worked with Dave at We Make Things. You know, to license, you know, hybrid their technology. Because I, I tried out the planetary and the hybrids, and they're like, I want to do a free coaster, but these ones are all heavy. You know, the clutch base are heavy. They're inconsistent. You know, let me try these. Because I, I love the Ezra Hub from back in the day. But they had that much slack. Mm-hmm. So this based off of that design, but you know, it's now two pieces rotating in the slack disc solve the problem more slack yeah i worked with them you know to hey can we i'd like to you know work with you guys if you can license out whatever you know they had already had plans to do that so i think we were the first company to start to work with them there's a few companies coming out with them i think they're just using what already exists i think we're the first that's has some changes but i just i knew i wanted that bigger axle like i run my wheel slam the female axle i take the bolt out take off my wheel shifts. My chain can come right off. I don't have to jam a screwdriver behind my sprocket to put the chain off. Oh, that's such a smart idea. I didn't even think of that. Otherwise, you know, with a male axle, I got to jam a screwdriver or something behind the chain to run it slammed. Yep. Uh, and it's it's so much lighter than a regular coaster. And uh, I guess this is a more personal preference. Um, you you. Even though the hub is is switchable to cassette, you prefer the coaster at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I knew I wanted to do that 180x up grind, so I got a free coaster for that trick. Like I knew with a cassette, driver catches, you land pencil, you flip. Like it just, I didn't. I, I wanted a coaster for that. Hmm. I, I wanted to put it on and fell in love with it. Like it makes even just getting speed at like my local skate park a challenge. I have to know like where to pump. Where to get my crank? Where to set the coaster in? You have to be a lot more dialed into balance on fakies, going fast or slow. It's like a whole new challenge to ride it. Like you almost have to be smoother to make it work. Mm. And then now, like backpedaling feels so clunky to me. Like the bike, I can go fast forward. Why can't I go fast the same way backwards? Yeah. Like kill it with a cassette. Like that's you know good, but for me, like I just like how smooth it is. I like that it's silent. Yeah. And it's like challenge to be able to figure out like how to get speed and how to set it up riding certain stuff right. like you, you can bitch crank so if you want a full cab you have to actually pop it yeah you can't around like yeah yeah uh, um my buddy had a sunday a sunday and it was like a 20 inch and he had a free coaster and it was like the first time i ever rode a free coaster this was a long time ago and i learned fakie full cabs on it and i was like that was so fucking cool yeah it's it's all muscle like it's all yank and and finesse but then i started getting off off uh axis and i i was like all right i'm done i i landed it i'm good because i felt like i was going to aim my head to the ground sooner or later so i was like all right yeah because with a cassette you can kind of use pressure to like slow yourself down and keep yourself balanced mm-hmm. free coast you have to be dialed yeah and and remember we were talking about fakies. I know we're kind of going off on a tangent, but we're talking about turning out a fakies and making it look clean. 
I might have gone on a Twitter rant a long time ago about this, but I felt like Tony Hamlin was one of the few people that made turning out with a free coaster, even back then, like real clean, like the way he had his feet and he would sweep around. Seeley and Colin Pointer were good at it too. They yes. had that half nap. They never hopped. It's like some people would like land 270 and just hop the rest of the way around and like land on nosedive. Like, that's fine. You did your trick. But like to me, like I want to make every part of it look smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, guys, it's turning around in either direction with a coaster looks good. Because I feel like that's like an underrated thing. It's like the opposite rollback with a coaster, making it look good. Not where you're just hopping around. Like, occasionally I do it cause just because, like, that's the angle amount. It has to go that way. Yeah. If I can help, I'm pivoting around, I'm keeping the front tire as close to the ground as I possibly can. Just like carry all my speed out of it. It looks smooth. Yeah. And have you ever, I mean, this one, one more tangent. Um, you, have you ever like gone to turn out of fakie and had your front end just like kind of wash out? Yeah, it happens. Like cassette or coaster. I don't think it matters. It's just like a weird, just wash. Yeah. Like it's like, I've definitely been had a wife turned around and like the back wheels almost like skidded. Like I'm like so far forward where like I would almost flip in the back tire. Like somebody waits over the front end. Yeah. When you think it kind of like lifts. Yeah, it's like breaking traction and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I got the Suspicious Minds set up here. You you said you put this together. Did you pick all the songs? You said you kind of like... Yeah, I did. Nick and I kind of talked about this. I think I suggested the song and he was with it. But yeah, like I filmed most of this. There was some stuff that people sent me here or there, but mm-hmm. this was kind of me touring around with doing like a more like full length because i had done a couple like little mixes for animal like 15 guys and then this was like let me kind of maybe do some parts i know i eventually wanted to do either like a qss or like a full length video this was kind of like me starting it was more than just a single person part or like a mix right like i, I knew i was i was you know filming that nick part and I, I had been filming with hamilton for a few years and had a bunch of footage stacked I knew like eventually we were gonna do like a more full length Hamilton part, but he had a lot of footage so I could like cut some of the some of the stuff off of this. And then, you know, just from my travels with you know, linking it with team guys, I was able to kind of put this together. Sick. And you had the beginning, right? Yeah, and this was just a lot of like the shit that I filmed it. Otherwise probably went with Instagram. Because I definitely view like this is more just like cool riding like me riding stuff versus like planning out and going getting specific stuff right like all my animal scavenger stuff has definitely been like i wouldn't say scrap because if it's scrap i'm just not gonna film it but like more chill stuff mm-hmm. versus you know the serious stuff almost like a, an ep versus an lp with like an album what does ep mean i always wonder like, an EP, like, like some it's shorter so it might only be like seven songs might be like, you know, your first recording of something or like from a, a tour or whatever. Like it's, then the album is the LP. Like that's, oh. you know, you might, you know, you're trying these songs out on tour for two years. You narrow it down to the best of the best. The EP is just stuff that you kind of fill in the gaps with. Right. Like that's kind of how it's done in music. So I almost like look at this the same way. That's sick. It's still good. If it's garbage, I wouldn't film it in the first place. But it's like, this is cool, but it's not like the best. Mm-hmm. And also the pad set makes an appearance here. Yeah. That was a really it's cool just, project to be a part of. I always hated the bikes with pad sets. Like I hated the way it looked. But I knew I was making that bike look like my old homes. Yeah. And like I don't 
have the pad set. Once I got them, I realized how much better they are, like, to not hurt yourself riding. Like, so often I'll, like, hit my shin on the top tube, turning around or doing a hard randy or whatever. Yep. That pad kept me from hitting my shin. That stem pad, I'd hit my knee sometimes, didn't hurt. Like, even, like, doing a bar spin at times, like, I, like, would hit my arm on the crossbar and that saved it. So, like, as much as I used to hate on the way that shit looked, like, I definitely, like, noticed how much better it was to have it. It's crazy. It's, I... I have a hole in my shin from, I went to go, it was like a pyramid, wedge, flat, wedge, pyramid. I went to go like fakie and then half cab in, super normal, everyday bullshit and got stuck. Like when I went to go half cab and like bucked myself all the way to flat and my leg got pinched between my handlebars and my top tube. And when I landed, like it basically squeezed my leg so hard, it just popped open. And I didn't have health insurance at the time. I should have just fucking got stitches and I didn't. So now I have like this hole in my shin. And especially when I go for like peg chains and shit, like I'm hitting my shin or my leg on my top tube all day, every day. So like ever since I started the pads, I'm like, I, the top tube pad is default for me now. Like it is like, it absolutely makes a difference. And it's like, I never considered how much you actually like tap your frame doing stuff. And now like, I bike has such a tall stand over them. I'm even more likely to tap it on stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to hate on the way they looked. And I, I just wanted them to make my bike look like the homes. Like I was planning on putting it on the bike, riding it for like a month, taking the pads off. And then they lived almost the whole life of the bike until they got too ratty from the bike rack. Yeah. <laughs> them had so good. Frame one just kind of got a hole in it from like bike racks. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're on the bike sitting in my basement. I put it back together the way that it was, and like that stuff's all that. That's sick. And it's also like everybody's steez can be, you know, you don't have to, like, I think Stephen Hamilton, yeah, he, he just runs his stem pad. Like, I mean, he's doing his own stem pad there, but like some people just run crossbar. Some people are just stem. Some people are just top tube. And I love that. Like, you don't have to commit to a full kit if you don't want to, you know? Rides a stem pad. Conway rides a frame pad. Like Sealy has the crossbar pad. Yep. Like all people like using the, just only using one, but a different one. Yeah, and it's like you get yeah sure you get to add some steez points to your bike if you want it to make it look retro or go for a specific look, or you get a little bit of a protection out of it too. You know. The- yeah, I was definitely pleasantly surprised at like how effective it was in not hurting my shin. I would just tap the top to it. You're like a hard one eighty. And your leg just turns inward a little bit when you land, and I would just tap my shin a little bit. And I noticed, like, because I ride in shorts a lot during the summer, and I, I wasn't hurting. Mm-hmm. It's almost like instead of having knee pads on, you're strapping them to your bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, At least a little. So, Suspicious Minds came out, looks like, at January 2022. And then uh, I got the next one in here. Okay. And then Widit came out. So Widit out in twenty twenty. Okay, so I put this in the wrong place in the timeline. Yeah, because I completely forgot about that video. My bad. I was sending. Yeah, and I I thought Benthian did a really good job with the Widit stuff. Um, yeah. No, that was a really fun video to make. Just like we made it like a summer, just a bunch of trips to Philly, like, and then just different dudes coming through. It's kind of like just because like, Animal was broke at the time. Like, hey, we're making this video. If you want to come through, everyone kind of just like 
more or less paid their own way. I think like Disney might have bought Hangos Flight or something, but like we all just kind of like wanted to be part of it, made it happen. That's sick. It was originally supposed to be three web videos of like pretty much shipments of product coming in, and then I got that I like you know my first job out there. I had Greg Lanterno come up. I'm like, hey, if I bring a photographer, we can shoot for something. So I, you know, always in my head, let's make long-term projects. Let's make a DVD out of it. Mm-hmm. And pretty quickly, I talked Justin into it. Like, hey, let's do these three separate web things. Like the plan was, you know, when, when these quarterly shipments come in, but let's, you know, do the first two. And the third one can come out on a DVD with the first two on it. You know, let's put those on the end. And then this one will be a video. You can sell it. We can have Greg shoot photos. And, you know, he was with the idea. And then it just kind of steamrolled into being a full video. And it ended up, like, not being these separate little, like, you know, 10 minute or whatever web web things and became a full video wow like i you know i had greg come out that first trip like oh you come hang out like you could probably shoot whatever we're doing and then it turned into making a video with the zine of all his photos and like now it kind of turned to us and like you know best friends just from the you know, like just all that hanging out and like just making this right and he, d- he does great work behind the lens too And is uh, is he local to you? No, Justin was living in Philly at the time, so I would just—I think I went out there four or five times. I think we went to New York once or twice, and then they did a trip out to Ohio. Mm-hmm. I think he had some stuff of like the chocolate truck dudes from when he went to Spain with them. Like at some point, I had some footage from that trip. He went to Spain to film a G. I think he was like in tastings with for RBMX. Maybe it was last time, whatever they were at the time. And then we bought him a flight from like there to Spain to film an AG. Wow. And that pushed it up. That's wild. And living in Philly, he had, you know, they had a BMX house out there. So guys could just come through, crash at the house, and we would just pedal. Mm-hmm. This, the feeble over, it just boggles my mind. Either way, either direction just looks hard as fuck. I did it in like 2011 for No Days Off. Like, I did it a bunch of times in a row. Like, I have all the VX angles of it. I ended up never using it. Wow. Well, in that, the bench is rotted apart. It's like a huge knot in the wood. So, it made it so hard to do when I went back that time. That's why, like, I land like, not even full 180. But the bench was so trashed, it wasn't popping the same. But yeah, I have all like the old clips where I did it every try so much better. Wow. But great spot in Brooklyn. How does that even work? 60-40 hard? Like, that doesn't even make any sense to me, but I'm also a two-peg rider, I guess. Even hard when I need a double-peg hard when I just pull. It's just the same? Yeah, you just pull. Oh, yeah, this clip. Holy fuck, dude. So I tried this probably a year and a half before this. Like, would have been one of the salad days. Like, it was with Conway and Trent Lutsky. We were, like, in New York. And I, I kept getting on the road. I would like it's so close to the black road. It, I'd have to jump on it. I'd get on the top road. I'd be leaning so far. I'd jump off in the stairs. Mm-hmm. Black rails are so close together. If you jump off, your bar is clipping the, the the right rail. So I had one go where like I flipped and fucked up my finger on those bars and like fell pretty hard and had to stop. Damn. The run up has a crack in it. It's downhill. I think my my I when I went back and did it again, I had to put a bigger front tire on so my bar would pass over the right rail. Like, before, my bar would literally, like, hit 
the, see how my, my bar was over the rail? Yeah. And smaller front tire, smaller bars than when I tried it originally, my bar would hit the right rail going down the handicap ramp. So I put a bigger front tire on, and that would help with the feeble, and that would let my front end sit above that rail. You come in that close. You can hear my pedal clip. Really? Because it's, it's so narrow hopping in there. Yeah. Holy shit. But I knew I wanted to do it. I knew I needed the ender for that video. So I you know, put a bigger front tire. Yeah, you can see how close, just Your barely. It's what, like a half inch above it? Yeah, your your right grip is going over top of the other rail. Barely. Like I had a smaller front tire when I tried it previously, and I kept hitting it. So I had to, you know, come more to the other rail and you clip your peg under the rail. It's so narrow. Wow. Well, yeah, I knew I wanted to do it. I knew it would work. And then, you know, the weasel out worked right. I mean, I would get on the rail and just kept jumping out. It's hard to balance it. If you if you come out dead straight, I'm gonna clip the ledge of the, the black rail. Right, right, yeah. I, you know, I remember you know it was a dance comp cover, the Edwin photo double pegging it. It's a clip in the first Avenue video. Yeah. And we would ride down Bushwick Ave, you know, every day, and I would see it. And it's crazy because it's like it's in New York, right? So anybody, anybody and their brother could have went there and done it, but no one, no one thought, had the vision that you did to to get it done. Takes to grind over the spikes. What's that? Which I thought was cool. I had to have a plastic peg to grind the spikes. Yeah. It, like wore a hole in my peg. No, like it, it makes sense, but it also doesn't because it's fucking spikes. <laughs> right. Damn. That was good. Uh, did anybody reach out when that when this got posted about that clip? Anybody? Uh... Probably. I don't remember. <laughs> right. I remember Z saying that was his favorite clip in the video. And I thought that was really cool. Hell yeah. And then, uh, next up is Salad Days, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for, thanks for being patient with me and sitting down for all this. This is really cool. So, where did the words, I mean, is it just because, like, healthier times? Is that where the Salad Days came from, the, the name? Shakespeare idiom. Like your salad days, like when you're young, you're impressionable, you're innocent, you're not jaded by life. Like your salad days are like when you're young and everything's fun, like uh -huh. better time. You know when you, you know when you're like you're green, you don't know any better. Like yeah. I thought, oh, that's a cool name. There's like kind of some layers to it. You know, going back, you know, like your salad days would be like when you're a teenager and you don't have a worry in the world. You can ride your bike ten hours a day. Yeah. That would be most salad days. Right. I definitely had to explain it a lot to people. And then once they're like, oh, I get it now. I mean, some people know. The older people, I feel like this has been a lot of music. That's just a, a term. Yeah. But I never... um, it was Shakespeare. Yeah, I had no idea it was like a, a common saying. Then again, I don't. That was sick. The bike themes are really cool throughout the whole thing too. It reminds me of like, it reminds me of skate videos, but not in like a normal skate way. Just like how skate videos, like, oh, that was that era and that was that era. It's like iconic. For four years, so I had a lot of bikes. Yeah. And I tend to out of them able. I just build a new bike, ride it for about a year, then I go to new one. Like I don't really. Yeah, I don't really switch a whole lot out during it. Just because, like, one, you have a new product for animal, like, 
need to have a nice bike and I'm testing stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's old enough to, like, even if I had to buy bikes, I could buy a new bike once a year. Like, my bikes get pretty trash from, you know, the bike rack and whatever. Yeah. Nice to just have a fresh bike. And then I could just throw the old ones in the basement. Yeah, especially when you're putting your bike through the paces like this. Yeah. And now, like, I'm so picky on what I ride. I ride custom frames. So, I, like, even if I, like, wanted to buy a frame, there's not really anything out that, like, fits what I like. Mm-hmm. Build a new bike about once a year. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very picky about my shit, too. Like, it's like, I'll, I'd rather pay full fucking price and get exactly what I want than, you know, buy a frame on sale and be like, oh, well, I don't really like it, but it was cheap. Yeah, and I'm, like, my bike is set up for the way I ride, the stuff that I do. Like, it's so specific and, like, Quartz is an awesome frame builder. Like, I fully trust the bike. Mm, yeah. I rode the one for, like, about a year and a half. Or, um, probably, like, 15, 16 months. Almost a year and a half before it cracked. And even then, I could have still rode it. The bike was beat to shit. And then I rode the red one for about a year. And then I put a huge dent in the down tube trying, like, a, a trick. Like, it would have buckled any bike in half. Right. That frame is still perfect. And I just, I had him build me, you know, more frames. Like, now, like, I have a backup in case I fuck mine up. Just because I'm, like, so specific on what I ride. Like, my, my bike would get stolen, broken, whatever. Like, at least I have something I can put together. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're not going to be worried about it one bit. Yeah, because I'm, like, I don't want to have to buy. I'm, I don't mind buying a bike. I don't have to, like, my options are really slim on what I like to ride. Yeah. I I paused here because I wanted to mention the gold the gold bars. Are we, are we ever going to see those again, or...? I don't know. We made two samples. One of the pairs went to Jibs for John, got auctioned off. Yeah. Got one of the sets out there. I wanted gold chrome bars. I don't know. Gold chrome's expensive to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was doing it, but fuck, they would be so expensive. Like, maybe once the industry kind of gets back on its feet and not everyone's struggling, or like we can kind of kick some money towards something. Yeah. Because the gold chrome looks sick and the smoked chrome mm-hmm. look. So. So like you can you can just get like one pair or two pair done. You don't have to go get like a batch of twenty if you don't need to. Yeah. You can just get samples. Like the chrome bars and forks started out. I knew when I was building the green bike, like this was months before I even had the frame built. Yeah. I knew what I wanted. I already had the homes built. I had that bike. Like I wanna make my current bike look like this. So I had chrome samples made just for myself. They looked good, so we put them into production. The green love seat was the same way. Like I had a sample made because I wanted it looked good so we had it made the white slim love that Devin wrote he wanted one as a sample so I had it made it looked good so we made it nice you know that's where like the, the white wall tires the green tires like all those code ASMs stuff that I wanted I know like oh this it would probably sell but you know let me get samples so at the very least I have a few that I can ride if you know we decide they don't look good or there's not interest mm-hmm. but yeah like I know like with most stuff or production run it would probably sell just Right now, we gotta stick to what we can, what we know is gonna sell, what we can do. Right. Like even a red chrome is so expensive. That's why like chrome rims even are like twenty, thirty bucks more than a black rim. Yeah. Like anybody's doing chrome stuff anymore, so definitely too expensive to do like the gold chrome and the smoke chrome. Gotcha. Wow. Terrible to get some samples made. They look amazing. Yo, so I ended up, I put a bunch of money on the Odyssey 
pack at the Jibs for John thing. And after I, I, I heard, did, huh? Podcast. I think I heard you say that on like another podcast. I, I was like, fuck, there's the bars. I should have put it all on the animal bars. Fuck. Yeah, we. I sent some like sample stuff to that, like hoping that that would like generate some good money for him. It seemed like it really it turned out pretty good. But I heard from Justin that whoever got the bars, like with some like, he was gonna like put it on a, on a carpet queen collector bike and not even ride them. Oh. Huh. Which is kind of a bummer, but I don't. Know, I mean, that's I don't know how true that is. That's what Justin told me, so I don't know. I've not seen them pop up on Instagram. Somebody riding them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have the set that I wrote sitting in my office, and then the smoke room one sitting. Nice. So this clip was a throwback to see them. If you notice the B-roll shot, I had a shirt on, and the bold one I don't. Yeah. So he X up Crook 180 that rail in the Sunday video. There was a sequence of it in Ride. In one, like the lead-up shots, he's his hat's on forward. In the pole clip, his hat's on backwards. Yeah. Like in in the sequence, you like. A couple frames, the hat's one way, and then a couple frames, it's the other way. So I put that little Easter egg in, like, because I remember, like, when, when the magazine came out, like, somebody caught it, and it was, like, kind of, like, on Twitter, Instagram, like, a little, like, Rodeo Peanut joke from, like, if you know, they shoot a sequence, you shoot the first couple frames, and you wait to shoot the rest. Well, he had changed his hat, so that's why, like, this shot, the, the lead-in, I'm wearing my shirt, lead-off, it's off. It's kind of, like, a little Easter egg to, like, his photo in the magazine. Wow. To, like, make Maybe three people caught, if that. But, like, I thought it was funny. Hell yeah. That looks crazy, too, with the fence right there. I mean, That's it's... To me, like, this... It's like... It feels like you've done everything. Like, every grind combination, combination possible. That hubble ledge, we framed it up and poured concrete to make that 60-40 doable. Really? Should yeah, those in the game. Yeah, if you look at it, you'll be able to see the concrete. I knew I wanted to do it. I went and looked at it, and the concrete was empty. So we framed two by fours, bought quickcrete, poured concrete to cap the ledge so it'd be smooth enough for me to do it. Wow. You can kind of see like the fresh concrete. Mm-hmm. I concreted on one trip and went back down like two, three weeks later on a different trip. And then that was like 6.45 a.m. in the morning when I did that. I had to go there when there was nobody there. And that's just the day I was on the weekday on that trip. So I had to get up, get to the spot, wait for the sun to come out so I could even do it. Wow. And but I knew it was like a famous skate spot. I knew I wanted to do the trick. So we, we did the concrete work. And then it was too cold for the concrete to set on that trip, so I had to come back on a future animal trip to do it. And when you hop into something like that, how confident are you like that it's actually even going to grind? Because in my head, I'm like, shit might lock up. When I have plastic pegs and wax, I know it, I know it's a slide. Yeah, you. I mean, you are you are a professional professional yeah, grinder I, here. Is that yeah, that was about forever? Is that one that required the coaster? Yeah. It just doesn't work with a cassette? I mean, it can, but when I would try them on ledges, where the back tire pushes it against what you're grinding, it wants to turn your wheel. Mm-hmm. Which that rail was in that the first video part you watched, like the two months and a 40 later, that's the up rail and the fakie rail I do. Is that yeah. rail in my home. 20 years, or almost 20 years later. That's sick. 
just coming back and bossing up on the rail. The ground had shifted, so like when Zach and I went to ride it, we like poured concrete first and fixed uh, the run. I was like a bump. And then cut the grind stoppers off, did it. And then now they've since reported the concrete, so I'm going to run up as flawless again. Yeah. Which is funny that, you know, it just took a few years and they, the city fixed it. That, that is so sick. The, the music choice was, was refreshing, I should say, for this part. It was like the yeah. last thing I was yeah. expecting to see in an edit or a video. So no, now, I love that. What's that? I love Smashing Pumpkins. Hell yeah. You get like BMX. Yeah, it gives off that vibe. Like the era, everything. Time frame. So now now we're up to current day. Well, semi-current day. Adam, the, the Let Him have it, have it video. Is it okay that I uh, play just yeah. your part? Yeah, and this footage is all just kind of whatever random stuff that didn't go to salad days. So all the animal stuff for me has always just been stuff I filmed and not used for something else. Mm -hmm. Now I gotta find it. Remember before the titles were working pretty good. I sad that I don't even remember where it is in the video. It's like so invested when I was editing it. Now, like once I'm done with the video, like it just kind of completely leaves my mind. <laughs> I think it's right around here. So this was your first—I wouldn't say first, but this was like the biggest video project you've done yet for Animal, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. This started out just going to be a latinate part. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I was, like, filming footage with people and, like, it was just going to kind of do some, like, web stuff. And then, like, me filming a latinate part. Like, I knew, like, we did some trips and then him and I drove across the country like, around the road for, like, five weeks filming the bulk of it. I filmed other team guys along the way and, like, do a lot of trips with a lot of people. And it was just going to be a latinate part. Then it kind of, you know, we added Jack and Ethan on. It's like, well, they wanted to film Welcome Parts. And they live relatively close to me, like only a few hours away. So, like, I could go to Chicago or St. Louis. They could come to Ohio. It's easy to get trips going with them. Mm -hmm. So, like, all right, you know, it'll be a latinate part with a couple other parts. And it wasn't going to be a try to be the whole team, just, you know, a 10 or 15 minute video with a couple sections. Yeah. And I see that skateboarding a lot now where, like, you'll focus on a couple team guys and then there'll be, like, a mix and a few parts instead of trying to get everyone together. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Ralph started to ride again and he wanted me to come out and film. So I'm like, okay, let me get a Ralph part and start the video, Latin can end it, and then a couple little parts in the middle. And then it just kind of steamrolled where towards the end I had a lot of footage of a lot of people. It's like, wait a minute, I could probably do a, a more full-length video of this. So I got, you know, got some footage from a few people, did a few trips to collect more footage, and then it just kind of turned into a full video. That's sick. Like now I kind of have the formula figured out for like animal stuff where like the next one I'm going to film with more people from the get-go so like they have a little more time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this started out just being something, you know, with Latine and then kind of snowballed. That's sick. And it let me, you know, use all the, the songs I've been saving forever to like, we're very animal. Yeah. So, I was gonna say it does. It sounds like an animal video for sure. 
that was definitely something I like cared about. Now you've you've got Mr. Green, you've got Tame One, you've got you know Will Tobin was the trailer, like was the song and Will Tobin beat, like hit all those like tropes. Mm-hmm. Did in like you know the OG Animal videos. Yeah, just use you know more like underground East Coast rap like the way the videos were. So I have, you know I have a million playlists of like all kinds of music for like did I listen to it that I want to use for stuff. So it was cool to kind of you know start to go through some of them. That spot was amazing. In the middle of Oklahoma, we just kind of drove by, found it. It was probably 60 mile an hour winds. <laughs> Not want to ride it, but I didn't know when am I ever going to be in the middle of Oklahoma ever again, so I have to do this now. Yeah. There's the clip on Latin Ace Bike when my bars clipped those pillars on the windowsill. Wow. Nice, uh, nice nod to the old video part. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is from my cross-country trip with Latin and then just stuff on different random trips. That was brutal. Roller coaster ice. The Kenzo rails. With the Ryan Howard Phillies jersey. Yeah. This video came out really good, and I'm, I'm stoked to have, have helped you with it. I won't... Uh... Killed the titles. A lot of people have been like, extremely, extremely happy with the titles. Like, I knew you were going to kill it, but they were even better than, like, I imagined. Oh, hell Especially yeah. that title. Especially which title? Jack's title, like, the... the one, like... Hell yeah. A lot of people have said, like, that should be made into a shirt, which I'd be for that. Like, that thing looks so good. Like, when I sent it to him, he was like, Yeah. Sweet. Broke, his shoulder in Texas on a trip, like, the last trip. Mm-hmm. So he was, like, home bummed, hadn't gotten surgery yet, like, didn't know if he was going to pay for it. Like, so, like, cool to be able to, like, send him that while he was hurt. Like, damn, fucking killed it. Hell yeah. Keep the, keep the stoke alive. Keep him pumped. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I've never, I've never done titles for a video other than my own before. So it was just like, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to make graphics, you know, it's to make, I, I'm a fan of logo rips. I love doing that kind of shit. You know, like when I worked at two by four, I did one of sheets and one of Wawa. They both said two by four, but you know, I think I remember those. <laughs> That's crazy. I think um, it's so cool. Like, and to me, like that makes it more special. Like using a stock font is whatever. But like having that custom title, just it's details. If the details matter, it makes it more special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're trying to make this shit memorable, you know? Exactly. So, uh. Like, like, fuck, Vinny's titles in Can I Eat were like fucking Steel Reserve cans. Like, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Now, Cuts had all those, like, graphic design titles. Like, I just thought that stuff was cool. Uh, Can I Eat was like, was like Scribble, Scribble yeah. for some of it, right? Yep. Like almost like MS Paint type shit, but it would look cool. It was like, probably was. Um. So now that now that we've brought we've brought it up to speed, we've gone out gone through your whole uh, career, and I, some people say career, and it doesn't ring a bell. But when I think of your riding, I do think career because it really is a career. Like, you get paid to ride bikes, 
you ride bikes on a professional level like that's a career it's like legit some people just... is, yeah bulk of that was me spending my own money traveling making those videos it's like that's well i'm gonna do it regardless like now that i'm like you know through animal even like for Fusa, I was getting help with playing tickets here and there gas money here and there and then now having the animal van having the credit card used for gas from other guys and i could get my shit while i'm on the road mm-hmm. like doing it anyways like i was working a full-time job at a restaurant saving money taking off to travel it's like that's what i wanted to do right like i was doing it regardless you know i like the vision i like making a project like it all coming together at the end you know the sum of all the pieces together yeah big time and and you get to be the one that kind of helps glue it all together now it's... Well, yeah, I love that now, like, taking younger guys on the road who, like, maybe never filmed a video part or, like, not much and, like, kind of, like, oh, this is about you guys. Like, you know, I know the spots. I'm going to make it look good. Like, I know what you're capable of. Like, to me, like, that's a victory. Like, I feel, you know, I'm just as proud of, like, the younger dudes, like, filming stuff than me doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. cool to be able to like, give back, like, you know, the knowledge I've learned being on the road, you know, the mistakes I've made, you know, the ignorant, you know, drunk nights. You know, being able to kind of pass down that knowledge. Like, you get wise to making a million mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, cool to be able to, like, even in a small way, help some of the younger dudes. Or even the older dudes who, like, never got the chance to do that stuff. Right. That, like, fellowship is, like, the funnest part of it. It's, like, you know, going on those trips is that after the session, you're hanging out, talking. You're, like, on the road, driving, you know, eight hours somewhere, having a conversation. Yeah. Like, that's part of it. It's, like, what you gain from that. That's big. That's big too. You know, like it's more than just showing up. Because like that's the shit that like you'll take for life. Like you know, those lessons you learn on the road. Like even when you quit riding BMX or can't ride it anymore, like you'll remember that shit. Mm-hmm. Like you may not remember a trick, but you'll remember like the, like that night camping somewhere where you like burnt down an outhouse, whatever. Like the <laughs> shit you do. Yeah. For the stories. Yeah, and and. uh touching on that on that subject here you know uh got my notes here well like your vimeo we talked about in the beginning you have really epic video sections that aren't of you that you had no i mean not that i know everything about what happened but that you didn't necessarily have a hand in but you you uploaded them for the sake of that content having a place to still exist and for people to still see it yeah, you know, like I said, a lot of stuff, just the history of BMX isn't really there. Like, the videos that I grew up loving, they're not always on the internet. You can't easily find them. Mm-hmm. And like, I have the equipment and know how to rip DVDs pretty easily. So it's like, it's something I, was, I should be doing more than I do. Because it, it, I literally set it up with three minutes, walk away, come back, and it's done. So it's super simple. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think these parts are cool. I would like to have them up. Yeah. Okay, you know, I would, like, even if I'm like, on a trip with friends and we're like watching TV at night, be able to like, oh, this video was sick. Oh, I've never seen that. And then be able to queue it up. Right. Damn. I just listened to the Joe Simon Canoe podcast of driving back from Richmond and he talks about subversion. That was one of my favorite videos as a kid. I've got the VHS in the other room. Love that video. But a lot of people that younger have never seen it. Like, oh, what do you mean? Like, this video is great. Exactly. You like, gotta sh- I, I talked about that it wasn't online. Maybe it is now, but like him saying like it's not readily accessible. Like that video is fucking awesome. Yeah, because they got scared with like the song, right? Like somebody got sued for one song, so they got sketched out. Video, but yeah, like 
but like fuck like I just want people to be able to watch that stuff. Like videos that I thought were cool. Like, fuck, I have a whole shelf of DVDs, VHS, like a shitload of videos that they're not online. Like the average person who rides that got into riding in the last 10 years have never heard of or maybe don't care enough to, to search it out. Right, or, or might not hit play on the whole thing if you have right. them uploaded in sections and shit. But uh, dude, Subversion, I was ordering from Dan's Comp and it was like one of those things where like after you place your order they're like do you want to get this video and this video for a price or whatever and i was like sure i have it right here um do you remember oj oj juarez i don't know how to say it. i painted my front wheel blue when i was like 15 because of that video part no way that's so sick like i watched that video like so much i, I love that part especially that was like See, the first break list right oh yeah sorry i i spoke over you and it cut out what'd you say no, like I, I had the blue front wheel. Like he was street riding, brakeless, doing cool stuff. Like it was relatable. Yeah. There weren't a ton of brakeless street news at the time. Mm-hmm. It was like really striking immediately. Like, oh, check this out. Meanwhile, you got like Walter Perringer doing like crazy big like sub box maneuvers and. Just funny, like when he was the the guy at Odyssey Forever. How many of those younger guys was he filming had never even seen that video part? And knew how much of a savage he was. Like yeah. that bold up he does as a Zender, that's fucked now. Like that whole part is solid now. Twenty years later. Yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy when you think about it. Like, how many video parts still still hold up? And it's stuff that like it came out when you didn't quite have DVDs yet. They came out on VHS and maybe had a DVD release, but then YouTube didn't come in until five or six years later. So people were buying them, and then just they weren't going to the internet. They were forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Like, that's definitely one of them. That's an amazing video. I mean, like Wide Awake Nightmare is very you no. Know, like that's the same one from that time period that like I've shown some like younger guys that are like those videos. Like, no, this is like what I grew up watching. Like. This was a big deal when it came out. We yeah. learned because of Aiken. Like, we wanted the maroon. The maroon bike that I rode was kind of a nod to Aiken's bike in that video. Like, right. You know, stuff Martinez did, like that Boston song. Like, yep. So I like still remember like seeing all that shit for the first time, and like, the impact it had on me. So it's cool to be able to like put it online, so new people can see it, like maybe get stoked on it. Right. Big time. And and square square one wide awake nightmare had so much piss and vinegar in it, man. You were like, "Holy shit, you can do this!" And it was like, "Fuck yeah!" I love it. The Slayer, like, like, I mean, not to, not to sound preachy, but not everybody can edit to heavy music correctly. And I thought that was a really well done. Like, I mean, you got Doyle doing three sixty, you know, no handed suicide bar spins to that song, you know. Sick. That's why I wore flannels in the 15 year old kid. Like, Liz wearing the flannels unbuttoned, like, you know, that cape action in the wind. Yeah. Like, where that shit came from. Yeah. The, these video oh. parts have huge influence more than what. Oh, shit. What, do you, what, what did you say? Like, him doing the peg box, too, was like, that made me want to, like, think my peg on stuff. Mm hmm. He had some of the. Oh! Maybe it was square one up in arms where he's riding the mini ramp and he dinks on the way up. Fake he's on the deck and then dinks down. Yeah. So sick. Shout out to Wiz. But, uh, yeah, now that we've, uh, we've covered some stuff, there's a new animal hub in the works. Uh, excited to see it. What's, what's next? What's going on in your neck of the woods? 
another wrestling video. Sick. Going to Memphis in a week on a trip to start the thing for it. We've already got some stuff, but like that's you know another trip for it. Mm. Like once I should, I was like kind of burnt out. Like so obviously, like once you finish a video, you're like you want to ride and have fun, but like not so much like digging and start filming. Like I was like filming other guys, but like now I like started to put some stuff together and like get some music figured out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So like now act motivated. Like I'm like hyped to go to spots to start to film stuff, start to collect footage. Nice. And now, like, so after finishing the animal video, like, now, too, I have, like, a clean slate. Hmm. And I can think about doing something else. Your hard drives are empty. You're you're cleaned up. <laughs> um, do you have any, any tips or pointers for, for traveling as much as you do? Because I feel like, other than, like, maybe stand-up comedians, there's not that many people who probably have seen the country as much as, like, somebody like yourself or another pro who's like driven all over the creation be willing to put up with whatever have an air mattress bring an extension cord and then like a, a multi-plug power strip is a big one mm, right when for, like i go in a, for a hotel room with like four dudes there's like three outlets in a hotel room they're all gonna plug their phone in but i've got light camera batteries computer all this shit that i need to use to be able to film each day and they just want to take all the plugs they'll unplug your batteries <laughs> you bring a power service it lives in my bag so i can take one spot, plug in seven or eight things and i'm good to go that's a solid move i always you know the cheapest hotel because if you're just sleeping in the night it doesn't matter how gross it is mm-hmm. even the night is disgusting right bring an air in your own sleeping bag and then wash that shit when you get home in hot water <laughs> yeah that's a good call. I don't do it, but I've been on trips with someone who does go into like a Chipotle or a Panera or a Chick-fil-A, any place that has like DoorDash food and just grab it off the rack and leave to eat for free. <laughs> yeah. You're like trying to spend minimal amount of money. I heard of people doing that finesse at uh, Wawa when they put the sandwiches yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck. Like now where it's self-checkout, like a self-register, you can just grab your shit and just walk out the door. Like nobody can get Especially if you're just passing through town. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Now that a lot of tolls are by mail, you get a black rack on the car, you can't see the plate. Yeah, you're Run the fucking to the easy pass lane. Solid. When I went to Miami, like on 95, there's so many tolls. It's like every few miles, it's like 10 cents, 20 cents, 40 cents. I don't even know how much money was spent on my highway, but the bike rack on it covered the plate. And now Ohio, you have no front plate, so I probably saved a hundred bucks in tolls just on that trip alone. That's solid. So Ohio used to be front and back plate, and they they changed it. Yeah, they changed it. So you just need a back. That's sick. New York needs to get on that. Yeah, because I that, at that point like, you go through a toll, they're, they're getting your shit. Yeah, I I uh, I uh, living in Albany, I drove. I'll just drive to the mall or somewhere random, like not even that far away. And like two weeks later, I get a bill and I'm like, where the fuck did I even go with that? I didn't even know. You not pass where it just like debits it? Yeah. Yeah, that shit's it's so expensive. Yeah, I went to go sign up for it and I was like, oh, you can just add somebody to the card. You can like, if you have one, somebody, you can add somebody else to it. So I was like trying to get my wife to just add me on her so I didn't have to worry about it, but it didn't work out. 
I think like you, what you save a little bit of money having an automatic versus like paying each toll. I think like a you like want summit like through the easy pass. But yeah, we never we don't really have tolls in Ohio, so it's not something I ever grew up with. Like up in like Cleveland, you have a toll road that you don't have to take. Huh. Some used to like anywhere I went for the longest time wasn't a toll. But now, like, you know, going to New York, New Jersey, I have to deal with tolls. Like, just in Richmond, there's a bunch of tolls. Wow. Sounds like it's like an East Coast thing. Yeah. When when we drove across the country, the only toll we hit was in Oklahoma, which it was so in the past, you had to have exact cash. The guy told me where an ATM was. And he, like, he wrote me a note, like, a pat, like to go, like, oh, when you come back through, pay him. Here's your, like, your slip saying you're okay. I'm like, what the fuck? Why can't I pay you with a card right here? Yeah. Like it's twenty two at the time. Like why do I have to go an ATM and exact cash? Wow. Like that was the only goal we had like going at least from like Ohio across the country. Besides all this other was in Florida. Wow. Good to so, know. Yeah, I think see East Coast thing. But yeah, I mean having a bike rack on the plates cover just run to the easy pass. Like knock on wood. Think anyone's gonna like chase after you if you run through it? They're gonna see all no toll and they're gonna snap your plate with the photo. If it's covered, they can't read it anyways. Right? They're probably like, "Oh fuck it." <laughs> well, hell yeah, man! This has been a pleasure. Um, thank you for sitting down and, and shooting the shit. It was great. Um, is there anything else that we uh, didn't cover you want to mention or anything like that? Uh, yeah, not that I can think of. Which I'm definitely always down to come back and do more. Cause I love narrating about bike stuff. Hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely would love to have you have you on once the the hubs drop. We can we can talk about them some more and see where it goes from there. Sounds good. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah. Um, have a good rest of your night. And uh, oh wait, where can people where can people get in touch with you? Is it Animal Bikes Instagram? It's us them Instagram, and it's Ryan David Howard Instagram. I don't know. Yeah, Ryan David Howard is mine. I run the Animal Bikes Instagram most of the time. There's like a few people that are signed in, but yeah, like or being the website's got my email. If someone needs to get in touch or anything animal related, goes through me or Bo or Ralph. Cool. Hell yeah, dude. I'm excited to see some more shit coming from the animal camp. This is exciting. I'm going to try to keep it going the best we can in this current economic climate of BMX. Hell yeah, yep. That's Fingers. a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Next time, we'll, we'll cover that. All right, man. Uh, well, have a good rest of your evening, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Better. All right, man. See you.